Hello, I am Bruno Catala. I am the game designer of King Domino, which just won the Spiel des Jahres. And you are listening to Seven and Hand. It's Seven and Hand! Ah, Gloomhaven. It's like Cathaven, only you get to look in a series of cages and then take home misery, sadness, or despair. Pretty much like a day at the zoo. Gloomhaven is a big box, and inside there are smaller boxes, and inside those boxes there are tiny people, like a babushka doll, but with no cocaine inside the last one. Well, not yet, anyway. This game's replayability is so fast it's reminding me of being an adolescent boy. I could do this for years! For now, this is Sevenland Hand. Gloomhaven is a cooperative, deck-management, role-playing legacy game from Cephala Fair Games. It was released in 2017 via Kickstarter and is a game for one to four players, with anywhere from 120 minutes to the rest of their lives to play. Gloomhaven was designed by a mathematical madman, Isaac Childress. It's won all the awards and currently sits at number one on Board Game Geek. The game's elevator pitch reads as follows. Players will take on the role of a wandering mercenary with their own special set of skills for their own reasons for travelling into this remote corner of the world. Players must work together out of necessity to clear out menacing dungeons and forgotten ruins. In the process, they will enhance their abilities with experience and loot, discover new locations to explore and plunder, and expand an ever-branching story fueled by the decisions they make. This is a persistent game that is intended to be played over many game sessions. After a scenario, players will make decisions on what to do, which will determine how the story continues. Kind of like Choose Your Own Adventure book. One disclaimer before we proceed, Isaac Childress is not actually mad. However, he has collected every toothbrush he's ever used and stored them in one large box. As an avid toothbrusher, and after a lifetime of brushing, this box is now so dense it is indistinguishable in weight to an actual copy of Gloomhaven. (laughs) Uh, But what does it all mean to gamers? Putting legacy stickers all over their nether regions, it's Spareweaver, Matt McHale. Hello, hello, I'm... I'm full of uh, spell-weaving magic tonight. Oh, and we looked up that song before. It's good stuff. It's like some finger Are you going to weave a Matt's quiz? I've, I've weaved a Matt's quiz. Oh, yeah. Quiz weaver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aaron, who's just heard that song. Uh, Aaron Craghart Graham. <laughs> I uh, no, knew it very well. <laughs> Me, Craghart. Yes. Me, uh, deal damage to my friends and jump on my enemies and my friends as well. All of these abilities and names will become apparent in the next <laughs> podcast you're about to hear. Anyway, gentlemen, what geekiness has filled this last month? What have you been up to? Oh, God. It I mean, seems like a long time since I've been in the sea. It's about a month, you know, of course. Mm, yeah. But... Um, not a great deal has happened. There have been some pretty significant things. The, the first of which, you know I'm going to talk about it. Adelaide you know it's coming. Angel again? No, no, no. <laughs> Yum. The four skinks have reached the quarterfinals. <laughs> oh, no. Go the skinks. Yeah. We're, he uh, does this so that we appreciate Matt's quizzes more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we managed to, uh, to, to pull out uh, a big win. Wasn't the latest headline, cost. four skinks cut short? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and that's a... <laughs> And that's purely a reference because my uh, my Croxagore monster got taken out, and so I haven't got him for my that's first like, round of the quarterfinal. Yeah. That's what I tell my wife it's called. Croxagore monster. But I'm a bit sad because uh, I'm, I'm playing against the only team who really did me some damage last time in the first match of the, match of the quarterfinal. So uh, the Midgard Marauders, look out. Uh, you're probably going to crush me again, but, you know. Who are, they, who are the Midgard Marauders pilots? That's uh, Tristan. 
Tristan. Tristan uh, Andrews. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did we mention this is yeah. Blood Bowl for anyone? First yeah. time to the Force Kinks news. That's awesome. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm playing it sometime over the weekend. But uh, I, I don't expect to advance beyond the quarterfinals, but... You know. But you made the finals. Uh, but I made it, so I'm quite happy about that, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, the other thing I've been doing is watching Alpha Project, which, if you don't know, is another sort of online streaming service, but for RPGs and geek stuff, uh, put out by Geek and Sundry and whatnot. So oh, I've been, it's one, I've been, of the, one of those ones, yeah. Yeah, cool. so I've been watching uh, Callisto 6, which is based on uh, Monty Cook Games' uh, Cypher system, where they're sort of playing... It's kind of like cyberpunk mixed with superheroes, which is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. And the other one is a game that's celebrating the, the new release of the new release of uh, Vampire the Masquerade 5th Edition. Oh, yeah. We were supposed yeah. to get yeah. a lot of those in the store because yeah. I know people are keen on it from yeah. back in the day. So, uh, yeah. So I'm watching some live plays of that with some voice actors and whatnot. And it's, it's really quite engaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think it would be watching that sort of stuff, but it is. It's hooked me in. So yeah, mean, that's crit- what I've been Critical doing. role on YouTube is huge. Huge, mm. absolutely huge. It's got it's getting people who don't know D anD D into D anD D because it has all these famous voice actors and stuff in it, and then they go, "Oh, this is what it is." Because yeah, they're already engaged done. by the people they yeah. know. You know, yeah. We covered we covered that in the, like the LARP episode. You know, where there's everybody that thinks uh, everyone thinks about playing D anD D or any RPG thinks it is LARPing, yeah. uh, and and somehow that that's ridiculous. So like, that's where LARP's coming from. They've got to start from another step of people thinking they're ridiculous. But yeah. above all of that, there's RPG, which is even way more accessible. It's, it's just sitting around the table with your yeah. mates and rolling some dice and, and play, you know, having fun. But what's totally awesome is we've now got cred for the podcast because uh, I've now delved into the LARP scene. So I, nah, can, I don't think they called I can it cred, Matt. You're from, just yeah, <laughs> no, no. I've got, I've got <laughs> imperial credit. Let me latch on to something. When you were on the floor in the fetal position and they were poking <laughs> you with that stick, that's not credibility. That's... Do I have credibility yet? <laughs> I respect give, you. Give him another couple of pokes and we'll tell him. <laughs> uh, I've been playing uh, Overcooked 2, oh. which is the sequel to the madcap cooperative Overcooked? time... Yeah, Overcooked yeah, 1, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've, oh, you've played it. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, so That sounds like a Cheech and Chong movie, actually. Overcooked, overcooked yeah. yeah. Overbaked, <laughs> you're thinking. Um, so, yeah, Overcooked, you each control a chef in a little kitchen. You're picking up ingredients, you've got to chop them on the little boards, and you've got to, like, prepare meals, plate them, and send them out to the restaurant. But the, the thing with this game is it's cooperative, and all four of you are on the same screen, and only some of you can access some of the bits. So I can get the onion out of the cupboard, but I can put it on a bench for someone else to pick up so that they can chop it, so that they can pass it to someone else so that they can chuck it in a pot. So it plays kind of like a cooperative board game where... Yeah, I was just saying, it sounds like a cooperative one, right? Yeah. So Restaurant simulator. Restaurant simulator, but it's wacky because obviously it's like an arcade kind of game. So uh, there's ice levels where you're slipping about, like getting fish and oh. chips together for people. And uh, you can play all these crazy characters like a T-Rex chef and like a cat chef and a mouse chef. My favorite is the raccoon <laughs> in a wheelchair chef. He's He slides about with, with great... Uh, That's like great really speed. dangerous. You know, like, I grew up in an English village and there was a fish and chip shop across the road. Oh, funny. Did we just see how and, this Yeah, yeah. And there was a fish and chip shop across the it road. It was run by a raccoon. It was run by a husband and wife. The husband had no thumb. My mum and dad always told me he lost the thumb <laughs> in like some like a accident with the batterer or something much, like that. Played too much uh, Space Invaders. Yeah, he played too much Xbox in the in the seventies. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't know if their their timelines were right, 
But yeah, so like, if you put ice on the floor, this guy lost his thumb. If he, it was true, and he lost that fish and chippering, uh, if you put ice on the floor, he could be losing arms or oh, half goodness. his body yeah. and st- or his wife. We just like she's not there. What anymore. happens in this game is if you fall off an ice floe, um, you you respawn in five seconds. Mm. That's five very important seconds uh, that the rest of your team don't have the person who was doing your role. Yeah. The other thing is, if you fall off with a completed meal on the way to the thing, you have to start again. Oh. And everyone hates you. <laughs> it's like, and it's the most like, you finish a level and everyone's like, I'm just disappointed in every single one of you. I saw you, raccoon, you're standing in the corner, you were chopping some fish. We didn't need fish, we needed chips. Do you go, we knew that we needed chips. Do you go you the would... full angry chef and like start yelling? <laughs> yeah, so, so we had the four of us um, playing it and, and we get in full... Someone has to be head chef because you have to be looking at the orders as they come in, and each level gets harder and harder and harder. And um, yeah, this is this is an incredible feat of the first time you play a level, you fail miserably, and you're like, "That's impossible." We've got to make burritos. We've got to cook the rice, put the rice on a plate, get a burrito, put the rice on the burrito, cook the the steak cube. Oh, chop the steak, cook the steak, put the steak on the burrito, plate it, send it out to the thing, and there's about eight orders. Of that on, mm. on the shelf. This sounds like too much responsibility. It's my usual thing. It sounds but too the, much like real life. Just the first like time invite look, people around for dinner and just make burritos. But there's nothing more satisfying <laughs> than, than looking at a level that you thought you couldn't pass and then you go, wait, if someone's just on rice duty, who's on rice duty? And someone's like, yes, chef. Yes, chef. Like, I'll do that. And then someone's like, I'm calling, calling the orders. I need two beef burritos and a chicken and I need a veggie burrito. Who's eating veggie burritos? We're going to go walk all the way over there to get the mushrooms and stuff. It is so good. I, like, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. What are you it. playing it on? Um, Steam and it's on Switch as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of fun uh, I've also been playing a lot of Feast for Odin which is uh, from yeah. uh, Agricola designer Uwe Rosenberg this is, you're playing, this is uh, yeah. with Daniel right? with Daniel yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is a tile laying game but the original home board that you have to cover up all the negative squares for is like negative 80 points so you start the game with negative 80 points oh. you've got to fill them with Viking goods such as uh, swords and jewelry and helmets that you steal from people, but then also skins and um, whale meat that you go whaling and stuff. Um, and then slaves, no, no slaves. Okay, in, fair in, enough. In, good in this. In good, this good. One. The virginity of um, like fair maidens. From <laughs> English, English villages who are just uh, minding their You own can business. steal the English crown and you can like steal oh. like monastery stuff. Um, but yeah, the the game is a, is a worker placement game. There are sixty different worker actions that you can take, starting <laughs> from turn one. So it's very intimidating to teach. But I've never played a game that's so satisfying a puzzle as when you fully complete your board in a Tetris style kind of. Because <laughs> it's like it's really easy to get green goods, but green goods you can't place next to other green goods. So you need to put either silver, which is your currency, in the way. Or blue goods, and blue goods are harder to get, but you can put them right next to each other. So it's like all this crazy stuff, and then you've got to feed your people as well with orange and red goods. So there's two trays full of, full of like a crazy amount of mead and friggin' fish and <laughs> and and flax and stuff to feed your Vikings with. Is wow. Uwe just digging a deeper and deeper hole of this? this ultimately, yeah. there'll be one day that's like you're talking about 60, there'll just be like infinite kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> worker placement uh, moves that you can do. That you can is, that do is honestly how this one feels. And on the way to designing this game, he designed four different games <laughs> yeah. using similar mechanics. So Patchwork was the first one, which was him experimenting with the kind of 
Tetris style yeah. currency mm-hmm. uh, tile laying thing. That's on a 11 by 11 grid. And the fact that this is on like a 20 by 20 to start with, and you start off with all these negatives. And then. Do you feel in, involved in the theme of the game when you're playing uh, these? Yeah, or is it yeah, all a little bit. Because like you, you have to buy. Puzzle? Well. The, the the worst bit about this game is the player interaction is reasonably low, but mm. now that we've played it mm. about ten times, which is huge for something that takes two to three hours. I was going to say, it sounds like a long game. It's really long, but we keep wanting to come back to it because I'm just like, man, I just want to play Feast for Odin again and just do that weird strategy. Because with the 60 actions, you could just go whaling and make your whole economy built around whaling and mm. trading those goods and, and that kind of thing. So, <laughs> sounds like fun. Oh, it's so good. It's mm. so good. We played it last night and we and we played it I think a couple of days before and uh, we're really pushing ourselves now. We're trying to hit the hunt 100 points like a milestone, which is, which is what it says in the book is like when you know you're doing all right. And uh, when in the first few games, we're getting 30 or 40. So same in the, like in the overcooked game, really satisfying to like mm. get a big thing and completely fill your board well, and have no leftovers. It has been a while since we've done an Uve game. Yeah. Maybe we have to look out for it in the future. For sure, oh, yeah. I, I highly recommend it. Um, a, a lot of reviewers that I that I that I follow say that it's the, their favorite Uwe Rosenberg game because uh-huh. it doesn't feel like beating your head against a wall. <laughs> well, on Netflix and Stan Watch, I've, I've started watching Community again, but we've co- we've covered that to infinity, no doubt. <laughs> but, uh, I'm out. I'll talk about that. Yeah, everyone knows. I, I will have show. a birthday cake. <laughs> it's so good. If you have never seen it, it's so good. You can go back and get to it all over again. Okay, it's brilliant. Mm. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I've been watching on a Netflix original. I jumped into Ozark with Justin Bateman. Oh yeah, and Laura Linney, and that's two. Se- I think they just released a second season. Mm. We're just just about a couple episodes in a second season. My God, that's stressful watching that. I don't even know. I think I don't even know if it stresses me out watching like that show. Like Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, stressful. Like where? Uh, maybe they're right on the cusp of getting caught. It's constantly. Al- yeah, it's always bad for them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really? Like, uh, yeah. But yeah. it's 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 really good. I'm really enjoying it, and they're just like you know the characters are in terrible spots all the time, and mm-hmm. it's just kind of. It's not funny to watch. It's just intriguing to see. <laughs> yeah. And there's some bad characters, and you're just like, I really don't like that person. You know, they're just they're awful, and and uh, even the people they trust end up being quite awful, and, or start off being awful, and they and they trust them, and you know, it's it's just a, it's just a good fun kind of watch. I think yeah, in some I'm, sort and of is, is, it, way. is it a comedy or is no, it da- no, dark comedy or is it no. a drama like Fargo? It's like Breaking Bad and that sort oh, of stuff. Right, I think okay, in, yeah. in a sense, but maybe. It's really interesting the way Justin Bateman's character um, talks with um, mobsters and like real bad guys. He's very, he's very. Um, he'll still tell the truth even though if, if it's just like calling call bullshit on what they're saying. And you go, no, 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 don't say that. <laughs> and, and he's very, he's always very matter of fact. But even yeah. to the point of it hurts himself. He, like when he talks to his wife and, and family, you know, he's very, very blunt, uh, very black and white. But it's not like he doesn't care either. Okay. Um, he's, you know, it definitely shows that he does care. I think he's a much better actor, just uh, Jason Bateman, than, than what he used yeah, to be. Yeah, sorry, he's, uh, Jason? Jason, Jason, Jason. Sorry, I said Jason Justin. Yeah, Jason. He's uh, he's really, I think he's, you know, changed his style because he's another one sort of grown up. He's he's sort of of our generation, yeah. if, he's, oh, he's, if you like. I know. I was watching it going. This is this is the Teen Wolf, uh, <laughs> Teen Wolf Two, yeah, Teen Wolf Two, and, and yeah, and uh, he was to in, me, he's always just Juno. Michael Bluth from Arrested Development. Like, yeah, just being like slightly annoyed at everything that's going on being a little bit dumb himself but 
He's the fall guy, the straight he's, man. He's very smart in Ozark, but mm. he's definitely almost the straight man in this as well. Mm. He's looking at the madness going on around him, but he's smart and interacting with it and cool. trying to solve that. But it's it's kind of intriguing to see that character mm. work. Mm. Yeah, he's kind of a, a good example of, of, a, of an actor who's always sort of been there and always is, is in sort of the circle, but has never had real top billing himself. Yeah. Did, you not, enjoy Arrested made, his own a bit now. Did you not enjoy Arrested Development? I loved Arrested yeah, Development. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But, but it's, it's like in every other role I've seen him in since then, he's the same character. Like yeah. I saw Game Night, which was actually yeah. really, really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good, really well-constructed, um, lots of crazy situations, very dark, lots of fun. And he was mm. just the same guy in that, no problem with that, mm. really. But thinking about a super dark Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul mm. yeah. style thing, I wouldn't see him as the lead in that, but if he's if he's good, he's good. He's playing an account, so he's straight. There's only so far you can go with a You'll have met a, a, a fun-loving accountant. <laughs> Silence. Tune in for Seven yeah. Land Accountancy. On the hunt for, for uh, a fun accountant. Yeah. Um, I've also been playing Boundless on, on Steam, which is uh, massively multiplayer Minecraft Triple M. It yeah. is so fun. I'm loving it. There you go. <laughs> Great. That's it. And, That's and for yeah. the kids out there. Come join my server. I'm on. Um, I can't remember what the world's called. He's on a Come server. join me. Just See, join his server. I, we said this a while ago, like gamer tags. Like I'm Doctor Dave Hellboy. Yeah. And I've had friend requests, or people have just added me as a friend on mm. Xbox. And I thought, there's no way of me knowing if they're listeners or yeah. if it's, I'm just being spammed. You know, is there a way like, to include a personal message? I don't know. Maybe. If there is, send that through when you send do it. Send that through. And yeah, we'll hook up and we'll play some Fortnite or yeah. something like that. You don't want to get the angry friend request right after you beat someone and they friend request you and then go, I'm going to kill you. I know, you don't beat I'm them. I'm going to come to your house. You just like you. jump on the same squad and you go out there and you and Team Seven Land hand it against the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, anything else in general? Oh, uh, we, bought a, we bought a game store. Oh, we oh, did. Yeah, yeah okay, we bought yeah. a game store. Uh, show us this weekend. Uh, oh. Had just passed. I went and played some. Uh, I ran Numenera on the Monday after getting back from Rotnest, which was a lot of fun for me. I uh, I haven't played that system in a little while now, and I had lots of interest in it because it's a quirky sort of high techno uh, fantasy world mm. set like a billion years in the future, which is a really for a me billion, is a billion a billion a billion years. years. Yeah, is yeah, there yeah. only war? Oh the, no, space no, it's not oh, just war. It's like yeah, about, yeah, that's, that's like space. half a billion years into the future. There was only war, and then that all stopped, and then it got better. Years about half a billion, yeah. But now, <laughs> it's it's a real breath of fresh air for me because uh, you know I play a lot of D and D at the now these days. Mm-hmm. So to play something like that is is a nice break cool, from my D and D regime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So that was that went on, and I had a lot of fun. Yeah. So we bought a store. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, didn't we already just didn't we talk about that? Just yeah, before? but then we <laughs> yeah. uh, we bought a store. Which one? It's called Good Games <laughs> Morley in Western Australia. Yeah, I'm a I'm a part owner of the business. Yeah, David's a part owner of the business. Yeah. We are, I'm a shareholder. Um, yeah, wow. For the first time, you've grown life. up. Thank you. You've yeah. changed. What? Um, you've you've, ch- you've changed, changed, man. <laughs> yeah, your beard is all of a sudden fuller. Yeah, is that, the, is that responsibility? It actually, they sent it to me in the mail after I became a shareholder. It was yeah, the first true. bit of mail I got. They said, "Now stick this on your face." Do you know, and, and and we made we had to make a company, and so we made the company name up. <laughs> I forgot that we. Did. 
<laughs> we're like, okay, what's something that means something to both of us, but also means absolutely nothing at all. And might be hard for our account to say, <laughs> and will he... always make us laugh every time we make, we write it down like, for God, anything. God, that's a lot of criteria. And yeah. we tried a lot, a lot of bunch of stuff. Because like, we does the jokes. We does the jokes, uh, charging badges, charging yeah. badger, TTY, LTD. But if it came up on people's bank statements, they might feel a bit negative. Yeah, like, yeah. We're charging, charging them. them. Of course, yeah. of course. And they might go and kill a badger. <laughs> yeah. we, we thought about Seven Land Hand like, as yeah. a company, but then we thought there might be a conflict of interest in the future. We're a multimedia conglomerate that yeah. actually owns some stores yeah. as well. So, yeah, lots of, lots of stuff. So we settled on... For all the merch that we've been working all on the for merch. years. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We settled on... Uh, Neats and Twos. PTYLTD. PTYLTD. So <laughs> there is a company of the Australian... <laughs> the Australian server of instituted companies. Australian ASIC. business I don't names. know what ASIC stands for. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Neats and Twos. PTYLTD is the name of our company. <laughs> and we're going to get taxed according to it, but you know. Yeah. And wow. then, and so every time we get mail, it's to the director at neatsandtwos.ptyltd. <laughs> And it's so funny when you get something official from the tax department and it's got Neats and Twos, PTY. You're like, is this the director of Neats and Twos? Like, it's Neats and Twos, mate. And we've also got the email addresses Aaron Neats and David Twos. Now people will think it's our last names as well. Mr. Neats, Mr. Twos? Yes. Yes, that's us. Thank you. So that's what we've done to our lives since we last <laughs> yeah. spoke. Oh, so we bought yeah, a store we and uh, we're, we're setting it all up. Come visit yeah. it. It's Good Games in Morley, Western Australia. Yeah, we won't uh, be there. We'll be at Cannington. Uh, <laughs> yeah, having having a big there. open, I understand, with the uh, pre-release, uh, yes. which, which is another just this podcast that's just gone about. Yeah. Yeah, oh, week. right. Yeah, we've already missed that. Yeah. 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 Uh, come, come visit us for Guilds of Ravnica release day. Yes, that would be lovely. Come, <laughs> come by, see the new digs, check out our paintwork. Awesome. Come to Morley. Yeah. Go to Varsity for a beer with us afterwards. Oh, yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. Right around the corner. All righty. So what are we going to do now? Uh, we're going to do um, the next bit, which is a bit of a surprise as well. All right. After this, bit of music. Advert. There isn't a board game giveaway or discount this month. No advert. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's Gloomhaven. Yeah. It's Gloomhaven. Oof. Get used to the gloom. Yeah. Mate or mateess. We don't discriminate here. Mateys. Gloomhaven is rarer than silence in a movie theatre, so a free copy could not be found. We needed to talk about it, much like people in a movie theatre, so we did the podcast anyway. It will be back in stock at your local Good Games store, Cannington or Morley. Take a pick. Wherever, whichever one of those. (laughs) Both of them will have uh, Gloomhaven back in stock mid-October. Twenty, which is now eighteen. Twenty eighteen is about now. Yeah, Just get your pre-order in. Honestly, I'm getting in like twelve, and we've already sold like eight of them. Yeah, on pre-order. Yeah, no matter wow. where you are, just get a copy of this game. Yeah. Uh, spoilers: this game's awesome, and we're going to love it all the way through the review. Yeah. So you need to get a copy of this because it's it works for you. From well, we've started the review Forget for it. reasons that we will discuss. Yeah, <laughs> momentarily. Coming soon to a podcast near your ears. The review. Uh, we on with the on with the show then, yeah. Yep. 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 yep, yep, yep. Gloomhaven. Everybody needs to eat. Whatever your reason for coming to Gloomhaven, out here on the edge of the world, that simple fact is never going to change. The mercenary can't fight on an empty stomach. 
So when Jack Sarah, a Valkrath woman, wearing a red cloak and enough gold jewelry to keep you fed for a decade, approaches you in a sleeping lion in the sleeping lion, and offers to pay you ten gold coins to track down a thief and retrieve some go- gold stolen coins. goods, well, seems like as good as excuse as any to sober up and start paying off your tab. Oh God, I should pay off my tab. I think I should sober up. <laughs> this thief has taken some important documents. Oh, says the red. No, she should say more. This this thief has taken some important documents, says the red-skinned merchant. Her tail, whip, her tail whipping <laughs> about in agitation. I don't care what you do to him, just bring back what is mine. Based on Jack Sarah's description, it was easy enough to knock around a few alley thugs and get a location of the thieves' hideout. You don't find yourself as a mercenary. You don't find yourself as a mercenary way out in Gloomhaven without knowing how to crack a few skulls. <laughs> That's a sentence in there, so yeah. we You could... don't know a mercenary way to get a way out without a f- skulls. You don't find yourself... Nah, let's not revisit I'm, that. I'm getting the feeling we are mercenaries. Wait, yeah. we're not... F- get back with the atmosphere. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I make it. So, your target is the Black Barrow. Sounds like a lovely place. What's he building in there? <laughs> That's not... I, I, improv, I improv that last bit. We're that, mercenaries. That is the intro to Gloomhaven, the monolithic board game. Honestly, this box is... This box is very, very large. Yes. Pull it off the shelf. I think it will intimidate a lot of people immediately because it's not apparent how concise and woofy woofy mm. the, the whole game experience is but also it still managed to pack an incredible amount of stuff into one box the amount of work in this the, as the, the more we play it yeah. i think wow how much work has this done mm. has this guy done you do not want to go being a young child pulling this off the shelf it would crush, crush you. you. It yeah, would crush you. Die. You would die. You and could then, kill someone with the. But then maybe your siblings could drag it off your body, and they could take it home yeah. once you had it off the shelf. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Timmy's dead. But wow, what we is might this as well play. Yeah. yeah, it's wow. my duty to go and play this game in his honor. What do we do while we wait for the ambulance? After I listening to that intro, turns out I'm a mercenary. I'm going to go so, and some yeah. gold coin off a woman with a red whippy tail. So in, in Gloomhaven, uh, the the first rule book. You kind of need to read back to back. Oh, so let's talk about our experience with this game. Oh, oh yeah, we're let's, talking about. I, um, I think like like is a very yeah, first thing because yeah, okay. because our first experience wasn't the usual board game thing where someone gets the game, learns it, teaches it to the group. You play a session. Yeah, That's we cheated. True. We dramatically. Well, well, well we kind of did, like we. Accidentally got, cheated. We accidentally cheated, mm. yeah. So we did a 24-hour live stream uh, for Beyond Blue. Yeah, that's right. Um, fundraising challenge. Fundraising, which we spoke about on the podcast as well. But this is the first time we've talked about the actual game that we've managed to play for 24 mm. hours straight. Yeah. Um, uh, Gloomhaven. Yeah. Um, we started off popping the chits Shits. of the, the giant From minute one. cardboard for about an hour learning the rules as we went. So we had the full experience of playing um, for, for 24 hours from popping the first chit. That sounds disgusting. Mm. Uh, to uh, <laughs> learning our first rule and doing our first scenario all the way to uh, 10 scenarios in. Mm. And little did we know that young Aaron over there had uh, hooked us up to Twitch and 
uh, Twitch stream, and there was uh, a growing audience for all of this. So as we began to play and uh, fluff our way through the lines of the instructions, there was an audience there that knew how to play. Yeah, we had some tech support. Yeah, which was friggin' awesome. Mm. And so every time we had a bit of a rules question, there was somebody online that was already answering it before we could even hit the page with the answer on it in the rule book. And we were away, and we just kept doing that for 24 hours. And that's kind of how we learned the game, isn't it? And now I feel like the instruction book is actually very intuitive, and I can find my way around it quite well. And I don't know if that's because... I learned the game via Twitch tutorial, <laughs> or yeah, it actually is. Well, everything, like, the appendix uh, and the rulebook, like, well, this has gone very deep on it immediately. Even yeah. just the layout of the rulebook is something that I envy in every single other rulebook that I read. And this is for a game that you could play for potentially 200, 300 hours yeah, uh, I don't campaign. even know how to calculate how many hours we're going to get out of this because as at the, the current count is we played it for a 24-hour challenge mm. and then we played it for two full days since. Mm-hmm. So you could add another 24. So we played it for 48 hours, let's say, and we're up about- to scenario what? Like we've done like nine... Was it was 16 or 19 that we counted? Yeah, 16 to 19 scenarios, something of, like that. Of played, 98 I've or something. 11 or 12 of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've been playing about four myself, mm-hmm. popping yeah. in and out. And it's been quite easy to pop in and out, yeah. to join you guys and sort of catch up. Yeah, uh, uh, you know. it's, it's really quite difficult to explain the full scope of this game, but but I guess... We'll give it a damn good shot. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it a, a <laughs> yeah. shot. When you very first start, what you're all going to do is D&D style, get a character. There are all these sealed legacy style boxes in the in the, in the very box. enticing yeah. very box enticing box. little uh, uh, packages each one of these packages will have your character cards a character oh. sheet mm. um, the the second uh, package will contain the miniature for your character with like a matching a, logo with and a you, matching and, logo and you have no idea what these lo- uh, miniatures are going to look like yep. so it's, you pick the you pick your character by the logo yeah, mm-hmm. there's only six of them opening at the beginning too <laughs> so you know you're somewhat given that there's a whole bunch more in the box uh, at, immediately in a four player game you've got choice you know you've got options but you've so got so much you can see that there's so much more ahead of you in terms of how many uh, other characters you you can play into and you can yeah, discover 20 yourself characters yeah. or something and you only start being with having six available to you and the questions start coming immediately immediately if if you haven't done a lot of research about this you'll know that um the progression is reasonably slow you're not just uh this is very much in my notes here i've got this is legacy a legacy game done right yes because i've played this is my fourth legacy game and between pandemic legacy charterstone and uh, oh, oh no! There's only those two because I haven't played Seafall or um, mm. Legacy Season Two. Um, yet. I've or done Legacy Risk. I haven't played Risk. Legacy. Oh no, I have played Risk. I see a couple games of that. So it's my fourth. Um, all those games are very much focused on the uh, the dopamine hitting. You get to open a package after you finish every single game thing. Right. Yeah. If you conquer Africa in Risk Legacy, you get to open this envelope and you get this ability for the next thing. My what could it be? It could be Pandemic crazy. Legacy. It, was, it, was just, it just got worse and we lost and we lost and we lost and we just thought, this is no fun. We're just not, I'm out, yeah. I'm and, out. And uh, Charterstone, which is the worst one that I played um, by Stonemaier Games, who make, who make incredible games like Viticulture and stuff. Charterstone was them doing a Legacy game and by the end of it, you'd built a village 
with about 500 rules on top of it. So you had to remember every single uh. trigger of every single thing that happened. And you had built that thing, but it didn't mean that it was fun or interesting. Like, mm. And so... But it was because every single game that you played, you opened three or four boxes and you got a whole stack of new cards and added them to the deck and shuffled them in. And you're like, what is this guy so you doing? Said, like, you said this, this one was the one done right, though. This so is the what, one done how right. is this so, one done right? So if you play a board game, like let's say Feast for Odin, that one that I'm mm-hmm. playing at the moment, each time you play, the thing that is changing over the course of my 10 plays that I've played so far is how everyone approaches the game. Or yeah. you you think about the game differently, but all the components and stuff are the same. In the games that I really like, there's very low randomness. So the, the thing that's different between each game isn't whether you roll a particular dice or it comes up with a particular card or not. It's how am I going to approach this cool puzzle, this 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 game, this this system. Gloomhaven does this thing where it's like, the thing that is constant is your character, but yeah. you will never, ever, ever play the same scenario ever again. Hmm. So the thing you're learning is your character, and, and the your... character has a proper arc. Yeah, it has an arc. So because your yeah, character right. doesn't stay, it does change yeah. mm. because you you have an opportunity to be able to, um, like, you have a deck that you draw on, so mm-hmm. you can uh, alter the the. Uh, we should get the components right, shouldn't we? Yeah, um, you're able to progress, aren't you? So yeah, you're able to. It's, it's almost like there's a deck building component to it with that um, ramps off of your experience within the game. So your character is getting better. Mm. But what's interesting is these characters have a uh, almost like a retirement path as well, which can be reasonably <laughs> short. They they're given to you, and you draw a card which tells you what that character wants to do before it says you know what, I don't want to be an adventurer until I die. Mm. I just want to get this A, B, and C done. Yeah, and for as much it's writing... bucket list. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For as much writing as there is in this game, I mean, they, they explain every scenario and what happens when you enter each room and there's stuff on the city and the road cards, which are like uh, like the crossroads cards in Dead of Winter. Yeah. Uh, they give you a story and then like an A or B decision, which can do different things for your party. That's on the way to each mission. Um, in addition to that, there's also like uh, my character is a guy called Craghart, um, who uh, uh, classes in this game are another thing I'd really like to talk about. Uh, mm. But Craghart can deal like area of effect damage, he can do big jumps, and he can heal people. Um, but his goal in this game, which I got randomly dealt from a deck of about 100 different things, was he's very interested in poisons. And so yeah. the way that he will retire quest is if he, cards yeah, if, he, if he creates the perfect poison. And to do that, I need to kill three of three different types of creature. I have no idea where I'm going to ever yeah. even see those creatures. <laughs> I could be playing this character for like the next mm. 50 missions because that creature never well, comes Well, others up. are pretty straightforward. Like mine was complete three crypt uh, yeah. episodes. He just, he just doesn't like the undead, mm. this dude, and he's got a vendetta. So he wants to go and empty a few crypts. Yeah, and uh, Mishka, who we've been playing with as, as well from the from the Magic cast, uh, he uh, his was... Defeat a boss, yeah, a couple of bosses. Yeah, like, like a headhunter kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Defeat four bosses. Yeah. And so he's retired reasonably quickly, and he gets to open a new character box. But that's taken us 48 hours of playing <laughs> yeah. this game. Like, Which we feel is been reasonably quick we got what you're retiring already what are you, what are you retiring what, already what you doing yeah and it's like this is 48 hours in yeah that's yeah, incredible and so so when i say when i come back to saying it's legacy done right it's it's very much like it's giving you tangible rewards for your dedication to your character 
Mm. Uh, it, it's giving you stuff to pay off you investing this time in in in, mm. in what you're doing. Whereas in Pandemic Legacy, it's kind of like the first game you play, you're like, oh, this is Pandemic, and then halfway through, it's like, oh no, it's not. It's Pandemic <laughs> Legacy. And then in yeah. Episode Four, you're like, oh that's happening oh cool there's another problem for us to deal with oh wow like i wasn't expecting that and like people really loved that thing of it but i was skeptical because i'm skeptical of of that kind of nonsense this is like organic yeah. and interesting how did they make this game <laughs> that and that's a really good question is how, how the hell do you put this this much content mm. and this much uh um uh, how many all these arcs and all the writing on this Holy crap. How long have they been working on this? And then multiply yeah. that by, uh, I don't know. Mm. How, I don't, I've got no, no concept of how long they've been working mm. on this because so much has gone into it from the perspective of the story development and the character development mm. and everything has to sync or synergize together yeah. To to not break the immersion, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, there's so, got to be balance across all of it. So like the yeah, more components you you enter into a game that has the balance, and that's not easy stuff to yeah. do. You know, oh, yeah. what I was talking about before about the on, you, you have character pads that you, that everybody has, and on there you have perks, isn't it? That's what they yep. call them. And if you get so many ticks in a box, you get a perk, and that's just an expression of your character um, having more experience as an adventurer. Um, one of those. Uh, a lot of those perks are relate to your um, attack modifier cards. So there's a mechanic in the game where if you attack something, you look at your attack value. If the character has shields, you minus one the shields from the attack, and that's how much damage you do to them, and they have a life total, and that comes down. Easy. Attack modifier cards is a deck of cards that you each have, and you'll flip one of those, and it'll have anything from negative uh, one to zero to... Uh, was it just like plus one negate. and then times two or negate? It doesn't, negate, nothing yeah. happens at all. Those perks that you achieve by doing three different things from there, usually uh, you can get, you can get ticks by um, achieving scenario um, goals. Yeah, like sub goals. Yeah. Battle goal cards. They're called. Um, if you get three ticks, you get to pick a perk and some of those perks are remove a negative one uh, battle modifier. Mm or add a times two or something like that or a plus three or something you know so you you're, you're modifying your deck and that ramps up with you uh if you retire your character however that all goes back to scratch and yeah so like uh, if i hypothetically end up playing 40 <coughs> scenarios with this character because i'm looking for the perfect poison before yeah. i retire him his deck is going to be finely tuned and i'm going to have all these insane abilities that all synergize together but the thing that the game does is make sure that you don't get too attached to that character because you have to retire yeah. at some point. You can't just keep playing this buff level 99 dude forever. The, cl- the clever thing is, is you don't get too far behind either because when you start with your new character, yep. you become, um, what is it? You're, you're, um... Equal to the level of the prosperity of the city. There's so many aspects of this yeah. game that we haven't talked about. <laughs> I, I would love to be able to talk about them but, all. But you get XP points equal to that mm. or, or to the... Um, I know that we probably should look at that. I think you start at the level of the prosperity of the city. So okay. like each yeah. time you do a quest... If you do something that helps the local populace, the prosperity of the city increases, and then your the, reputation also goes up. And, and because you level up by doing this, you then get perks. So then you can 
add perks to your decks you can modify so you're not immediately behind and because the rest of the team the net um xp level is going to be higher if you've just retired you don't want to be starting at level one if everyone's at level four you're going to be catching up on them pretty quick with this mm. with this new character i don't know if this has come up but uh the hand size so your your own deck your your uh yeah doesn't change so no. it's, it's it's permanently set even when you and your hand size is character ability cards, which is a another that's right. thing that we're talking, we're so, talking about. But that that doesn't change. So you're always you're going to be refining that, making that more efficient, making that as best as it possibly can be. Mm. But it doesn't get any thicker, so you don't end up having to wade through the chaff or anything like that. Well, you that have you have a pool of cards at the beginning, which have got one X. Or like one, two, three, and above, mm. an X on them, and you can only put those into your uh, your hand um, if you're of, of an ability. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like there's a there's a deck building element of your abilities, and then there's a deck building element of your uh, ba- battle cards. Yeah. Um, and and both of those are improving gradually over time. You'll cut your level one card to add a level four card mm. when you get up to level four. But you can still you still only have those eleven options. But that was a problem with Pandemic Legacy and Charterstone, which was it was a rules soup. By the time you're eight games in, you God forbid you leave that for a couple of weeks to forget some <laughs> of the back. rules because you come back to it and you're like, why do I want to do this? What was I doing? Whereas in this, it's kind of like you're yeah. always playing the same character you always know what you're doing um it's not just the replayability it's the comeback ability yes yeah you've and got so your deck and you put it away and you put it away um so what you're actually doing in gloomhaven is progressing through uh, a very broad uh, fantasy storyline hmm. of about 80 to 90 interlinked scenarios which in addition to the rule book there is a scenario book it tells you how to use the modular map pieces that are included in the box to create a new map. And yeah. then you, in, you inject your characters in there, read a little bit of story, gives you your objective, which is usually kill a bunch of monsters or find your way to the exit or find a treasure that's mm. in this back room. The map is cool because the map that you build and is modular every time will always have different chits that place them on it. It might have traps or environmental effects or uh, characters like um creature placement creatures, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, all sorts of stuff um and the way that the the uh the scenario book is laid out is so good because it doesn't waste mm. any time talking about all this crap and, and and like it has a couple paragraphs of story but then you get the feel of what each of the monsters do because they have these incredible uh character uh, like like monster decks that give them a particular feel mm. so when you are playing your actions from, from your hand, mm-hmm. the monsters also reveal their actions, and then it'll tell you what they're going to do each turn. So skeletons uh, lumber really slowly towards you so you can back away from them, but when they hit, they hit like a truck. Um, or a drake is very, very fast and flighty, but it, it doesn't... Fly over, it can fly over fly obstacles, over obstacles and, and stuff. Things like that. And like fire elementals can leave big fire traps and all mm-hmm. this kind of thing. And all these monsters feel different, yeah. But you're just setting yeah, them true. up at the start of the scenario, uh, and they and they all just work independently. You don't have to spend too much brain space doing it. So it has an AI built in, mm. and you're reacting and, and and you feel very much like you're doing an RPG. Yeah, you're doing that yeah. sort of stuff. Mm. Really, and well. they've somehow managed to work the best combat system I've seen in a dungeon crawler into the biggest dungeon crawling game yeah. that, that I've seen. I've heard that Descent 
um, from Fantasy Flight, now in its second edition or, or something, has a similar amount of content in it, but it's very samey. Like right. it's also it's, amps up the uh, randomness, whereas yeah. Gloomhaven, I don't, it doesn't have as much randomness mm. to associated. You feel that way. It's more based on the choices that you make uh, will dictate how your game goes rather than right rolling the dice and actually taking uh, and having to take the symbols that you get. Mm. Well, there's, so. there's next to no dice in this. Yeah. Well, when I was saying, you know, well, I think the only ones you feel, we put in, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. Mm. When I say if it makes you feel like you're playing an RPG game, um, the scenarios are very much the, almost like the combat side of an RPG game. Mm. Um, and that bit doesn't necessarily feel like you're playing an RPG and that there's less talk about what you... You can't tell everybody what you're going to do. You've got to be very vague about it. But between each scenario, you've got to complete a road card. And then when you get to the city, you can do a city card. And then there's shopping like you do in yeah. RPG games. <laughs> but the, the road and the city events, um, where all sorts of stuff can happen, that's where the social interaction really ramps up because it places you in a scenario with an A or B uh, resolution and you as a team decide what you want to do mm. and that's quite fun because uh, it ranges from eat the berries to don't eat the berries that you find on the side of the road or there's a guy taking a crap and in the steal in the bushes the do you steal all the shit yeah do you steal all of his actual stuff not his shit that's like, <laughs> you go catch steal shit. the shit after he leaves <laughs> um, negative one reputation to you yeah, yeah so you know you can get some gold easy you just you know or, or you come across there was like a a scenario where there was a whole bunch of people that had already been attacked and there was some you know you could see there's some money left do you finish the job or do you help them you know it's like mm. what do you do and so that starts a social discussion of um of, ha- of how you feel about the situation so yeah. have, and that's more that's an rpging in a way the minis in this game are very nice they're there's plastic so they only have a certain level of yeah, they're detail not about super them. detail or super hardy, but they're nice enough. They've mm. clearly got enough detail in them to make them really nice. I'm just looking at a painted image, uh, some, some of them that have been painted, and they look, uh, they stand out. They're, they're incredibly detailed when you put some paints on them. I think they're just uh, fun to open, fantastic. you know, because you don't know what character you're going to get. Yeah, if you, no they're all when, different. When you start and when you retire, so when you mm. open the box, it's like, ooh, who's this I'm going to be playing for a little bit, um, even though they're all over the box. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're printed on the outside of the box. But um, some of them are enemies and some of them are people that you're going to play. Um, the the thing that, uh, like, each one of the characters... Because it's not a... You know how there's a bit of a stigma around, like, minis games? Like, yeah. Where the focus is on the minis. In Zombicide, you know, you can spend an action point to kill a zombie. But the zombie is a dope, awesome-looking yeah. mini. And then you're like, oh, it's a shame that I just killed the zombie by just spending like two action oh, they'll points be back. killing this thing. <laughs> they'll be back, that's for sure. But then you just like refill them and you're like, man, this mini's awesome. But the fact that you can just kill it in one shot is like, bleh. Um, mm. In this, it's like they only spent a heap of money on the pretty nice minis that the characters play. And each of the monsters in the box, including the bosses, are standees. And, and so, there are hundreds of them. And there are friggin' hundreds of yeah. them. So sure, should we... Yeah, do the rattle. Kai yeah, bought us a box to put all the chits in, yeah, including the characters. It sounds like Ooh. so many, <laughs> so many chitties. Yeah, um, the fact that you can have like there's hundreds of standees in there is like you could have ten skeletons, ten zombies, ten drakes in a given situation. 
kill them all, go into the next room. You've got to kill six earth elementals and a boss. And they each have their own individual things and they each have this stuff going on. And so the focus being on and the you can, enemies and you can, being interesting... And you can grade them up. Like yeah, they, can be, yeah. uh, they can be elite and, yeah. or if, regular. If you think you're a hot shot at Gloomhaven, you can just level them all up and they go up to level 10 or something. Yeah, they the level up with, uh, with you against, like, they think the average... Average, average of the player level yeah. divided by two, two or something. And rounded yeah. down, yeah, um, yeah. But they they'll they'll get better, mm. and they've got their own cards that come with that that fit into these neat little envelopes that twist around, and, uh, and you can see the stats of the creature mm. really easily. So it's, that's really elegant as well. Yeah, and so how on earth do you fit this into a? Because every other two hundred ish dollar game. I've played has been ridiculously overblown. They've spent all their money on friggin' miniatures and gorgeous artwork, which there's nothing wrong with that. But then, like when you play the game, you're like, "Oh, I didn't like it. wasn't the sure. wasn't the best." With this, it's like, how long did this guy spend on this game? <laughs> yeah, how, how it's independently published, which is why it's so scarce because they're printing it. On, still on, doing demand. Or, or on demand and, mm. and and they just keep printing it but like print more buddy and demand must be just is huge because it like we said it's number one on board game geek you know which is a measure that a lot mm. of people use but to get there you've got a lot of people let me get this commercial runs of games out there that have been on that list and yeah you just you just can't get a copy of Gloom, gloomhaven well this was initially kickstarted and it was a very successful kickstarter but then in order to get more copies of the game, they had to go back to Kickstarter mm-hmm. to, to do it again. So they had a second oh, did they? shot at it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. So um, to do a second printing. Yeah. Uh, which, it, you know, it made some improvements, include uh, up, scaled up some of the uh, components and whatnot. Was that but, for the retail um, release to get that? Th- so we only got ever the second wave. Yeah. yeah. The second yeah. wave, yeah. So right. th- this is the second wave one. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's incredibly popular mm. and... It's it's everyone's talking about it, you know. Like you say, we can't keep it on the shelves. Mm-hmm. It's it is an expensive game. Mm-hmm. But no, hands down. But, but for what you get, you get a lot in it. Like you know, there's a it's lot crazy of playability. How much value there is. Absolutely, absolutely. But because what people you, you, you are buy after that, you, you buy know? two games, and yeah. for the same two price as you games. get yeah. Gloomhaven. Just looking at your shelf right now, you could get Zombicide and Five Tribes for two hundred bucks. There you go. And instead, you could get Gloomhaven, and you will play. Gloomhaven more than either of those games. You'll certainly get mm. more value out of it for sure. Yeah, mm. more at more play hours. Like if like we we are obviously gushing about this game because it just does so many things so so very right. What does it do wrong? I think in the when you open a scenario, mm-hmm. you can see. The, you can stop yourself from doing this. You can see the rooms ahead. Mm-hmm. You should only populate the room that you're entering. Yeah. But quite often, uh, when you start playing, you can see the rooms ahead. Or even sometimes you just fill the whole map up immediately. Mm-hmm. And you know what's ahead. And that can make you change the way that you use your uh, your uh, character ability cards. Because mm-hmm. sure. you want to save. Sometimes you lose those. We haven't got through the mechanic of that yet. Yeah. But um, if you cover those rooms and don't know what's coming up you might you save a card that you never end up using yeah. or you might there's you know, a lot of um you burn kind of, one early uh, that you want later. social contracty kind of like someone's setting it up but they're not telling everyone what's in the next room yeah because it would give the game away kind of and you want to keep it a surprise but you kind of wish that it could be 
set up itself without uh, without any spoilers. But it's yeah, almost like a, a, again, you know, I, d- I don't mind the iPads being used for this. And I, you know, all of these scenarios in, a, in an iPad app uh, or a tablet app that just says, right, this is the first room you're going into. It's yep. the same scenarios you've got in the book, but here's the first scenario. This is the first room that you're in. It looks like this. All right, away we go. You yeah. don't even know if there's... You don't even know if there's four rooms, five rooms, or if there's just one more room. Mm-hmm. Same know. as they did with Mansions of Madness. That yeah. was a very, a yeah, very exactly a great like example of how that was done. Yeah, I can imagine in a future edition of this game that comes... Uh, the the scenario book is, is one of the weaker elements of uh, in execution... Because it's just like a ring binder with, with all the scenarios and stuff printed mm-hmm. in there. And uh, as you find treasures, you have to cross them off from the book. But we've got pages falling out of ours. And yeah. you use it so often to, to refer back to stuff. But you're getting spoilers. You're seeing what you're unveiling in the next room. You're seeing all this kind of stuff. They're, they're all really well-constructed rule books. But they're not like the best book yeah that's like right. thing, Those, which is a strange grind these ring binded books have never been good never ever. been good no, no. <laughs> um but if that saved them a few bucks in printing and they could get it to sure. 200 instead of 300 bucks uh, for a box for sure yeah um mm. uh the components i'm really happy with the quality of yeah the, I'm happy the, with this. the boards are good the um, card quality across everything is all right yeah, um, it's, it's decent you know the it's cards good. fit Standard magic sleeves, so everyone has their deck yeah. in in regular. Well, that was sleeves. a pro yeah. tip, wasn't it? We for your card hand size, uh, which is on your character board, mm-hmm. we just got uh, a color. Maybe that ma- most of the time we've had it that would match the color of the character board. We just like any spare ones that we had, and we just have. If your character has eleven cards in hand, we just have eleven sleeves. So you always know that. If you've got your eleven sleeves full, then that's that's, that's your, cool. That's your hand. That's your uh, arsenal of yeah. Of and if you swap one out of that and you put in one in, then that's cool. You're just using the one the sleeved cards. That's it. Yeah. And that is that's easy for uh, next playability or whatever the fuck I called it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, coming coming back to the game, you know. Oh, this was the hand that I was using. What I thought was optimum last time. Um. So uh, one of the elements that we haven't talked about yet is uh the legacy element in uh on the map so the map, it comes yeah. with a very large game board <coughs> that you never place any pieces on the yeah. only thing that you do is look at all the cool places that you've gone to and you put a sticker stickers a, a permanent mm. sticker over them once you've completed the mission that's in that location so the, the map has numbers all over it yep. and when you and, and it's just the number so it's a map with a bit of few mountains, uh, forest, and Gloomhaven, the town itself, and a whole bunch of numbers all over it in circles. When you unlock a place by completing a scenario, at the end of the scenario, it'll have a bit of a what happened, and it'll say, you've un- you know, you've unlocked this place, this place, and this place, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You get to go to get a, the legacy sticker sheet, and you pull a sticker off, and you put it onto the map, and it's beautiful how it fits over the, the number really nicely and fits onto the map, so it's seamless. Um, but then it'll add a location at that number. Yep. So then when you look at your map, you've got all these interesting places that are popping up. Mm. And so that's like your uh, new places that you want to go to. And yeah. I don't think you'll ever really go back and revisit a mission. If you ever no. finish this game, buy another copy and just start again. I yeah, we've like... talked to people about going, oh, I want the removable stickers. And it's like, just don't worry Be about real, it, man. man. <laughs> just play this one. If you get through this, you've, that, what you've done an incredible what, job. Like, the the removable stickers or the not destroying your cards in Pandemic Legacy thing is a very 
deeply seated thing in all of us <laughs> board gamers, I'm sure, which is you don't want to destroy no. the opponents yeah. of, of cards or whatever. And we've played road and city events, and it's got and it a says, little rip the card rip the up card. afterwards, and we don't. We just tuck it into the box and go, we've played that one. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> just, we'll just ignore it, or we'll shuffle it back into the deck, and we won't remember the next time. But um, I, I don't think that it's necessary to destroy them, but also this one is huge. It's not You're not talking Pandemic Legacy the max you could play is 24 times, and that's if you fail every single mission. That's what I, that's is, where I was heading. <laughs> this is, again, legacy done right. You don't feel... Say you did tear up your road and city cards. It would never matter. Oh, yeah, because it wouldn't. if you finish 80 scenarios and you ripped up a bunch of your stuff, you're not going to be like, oh, I wish we started again. I, like, the, there the are 69 road cards and there's 81 city cards. Yeah, that's just, a, and that's just a very small part of the game. Mm. Um, really, like the, the 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 scope of this game boggles my mind. Well, there are more that pop out as well with certain achievements. Once you reach a certain level, and you open one of the envelopes, sealed envelopes, there are extra cards in there, yep. which I know added extra road or city events too. So, yep. mm-hmm. you know, there's that little bit of expansion, mm. e- expanding the game with mm. content. Would you guys like time? to talk about spoilers? Heavily signposted spoilers coming up. <laughs> oh, okay. We have a spoiler section? Spoiler section. Okay, spoiler section. Spoilers. If you don't want to know about stuff that's coming up in Gloomhaven past the first few missions, <laughs> we're going to talk about it right now. Uh, before we do that, you <laughs> were talking about <laughs> so, Dead so of Winter. Just stop now. That's it. No one's yeah. listening to this bit. <laughs> Before, spoilers, spoilers, before you do that, we were talking, you, you mentioned Dead of Winter, you know, obviously, um, Plat Hat Games, and there's a new one coming out that uses a similar crossroads yeah, system, one, Gen right, yeah. 7. Mm-hmm. And now, that I'm is something that I would that. really like to see in those games, is that legacy aspect, which doesn't exist, mm-hmm. which I think would add a lot to those games. Yeah, um, I, uh, it's missing. I've, I've been um, thinking about legacy uh, deck builders and stuff myself, and like the design behind the deck building element in this like a whole game built around the fact that every single time you play you're working on your on your deck from a from mm. a pool then it just ends up either being this game because it's small and concise or just magic like it's like every time you play you work towards getting different cards to add to your collection and then it's also just kind of like Keyforge, that new one from Richard Garfield, where it's yeah. like every single person's deck is unique. That's crazy. You want something somewhere in the middle of all of those things, and, and designers are coming up with them right now. I imagine we're going to be playing some insane stuff like this in the future, because this is the... People have taken notice, I'm this, sure. Yeah, this, yeah, exactly. People are looking at this game and going, oh my god, this is possible. Because big, big publishers must be just looking at this and thinking, if we had this game, we would be able to print as many as people want, yeah. and we would just be selling a truckload. Because people Flight are buying had this. Listen for- to Isaac Childress, and they had printed this instead of him. Um, Did they turn him back? Did they knock him back? I, I think that he wanted, like, it was too, too big in yeah. scope for him to take to a large publisher seriously. But hmm. I don't know the whole story behind the Kickstarter. Well, yeah. Chances of them taking something like that, breaking it down and making it legacy via microtransaction. Yeah. You know, so every now and then they release more content. So you're adding it yep. to your game that way. Mm. I think that's not the way they want it to go. No. So yeah. He just wanted to give it all to you in a big yeah, box. That, that's mm. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, and that's why there's no... Uh, well, we say no expansions for this, but then well, there is an expansion, there is an expansion for this, and uh, you've got... Is that, is that, We've got it, some on the way. Oh, really? It's called Hidden Circles. I think it adds 
a few new cards. What was uh, that board game that you got? Oh, Founders of Gloom. Yeah, that's that, like a spin-off. Uh, n- not related. Yeah, it's it's by the same designer. It is a spin-off in the same universe, yeah. but it's a cooperative city-building game. Right. Uh, it's got absolutely nothing to do with Gloomhaven, apart from the fact it comes with some city and road cards that you can add to your Gloomhaven game. But even then, the fact that you can add stuff to your Gloomhaven game is like, Founders of Gloomhaven is like a side thing. The real thing is Gloomhaven, please come play yeah, Gloomhaven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but found I haven't played it yet. I've only read the rules. It seems seems alright. Yeah. So, so, so what? So when when are these expansions coming? So forgotten games? forgotten circle, the first expansion, twenty oh. new scenarios uh, that take place after the events of the original mm. and involve uh, a new character class. The uh, uh, is it Ether Diviner? Sure. Esther Diviner, and uh, seven new monster types, and that's. Slated by looks of it for this year, for 2018. It is, so yeah, it's been on later. for a while, so I'm expecting uh, November, December. There's also, the, oh, there's the, a Gloom having solo scenarios booklet mm-hmm. uh, somewhere. Uh, don't know much about that. But then there's a promo that came out, which is an end of the world promo. Hmm. So the um, solo scenarios, uh, specific for solo play, obviously. Uh, highlighted strengths and weaknesses of each class and force the players to get under the hood and learn how to play each class masterfully. Which you can That's do with nice. the which you can do with this as well. You can oh, solo sure. play this. There's, yeah. 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 Um, all the missions are solo playable. Um, they play quite differently at one, two, three and four players because the monsters level up. Or again, like I said in less the of them. scenario book, yeah they It's got an interesting thing. Yeah. It says you can't those those scenarios are actually locked until the town's achieved prosperity level three and two characters have retired. So, so what, you can't even buy the expansion until the core game's up to there? <laughs> exactly. Take well, that. that's, that's what it says, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah, let's do that signposted spoiler chat. Okay. So, spoiler so for right. the next, just for the next five minutes. Cool. Um, so th- there's an interesting thing that we've just only just unlocked as the first character <coughs> is retired. We've unlocked our first new character outside of the first six. Um, that is a new class. A new class. Mm. Uh, I don't. I don't know it super well because we did it right at the end of our last play session. And the other thing that we did was just start reading the town record. Yeah. And so this is one that's in a new booklet, and it just has a bunch of like law stuff about Gloomhaven <laughs> and how it got there and why it's there and stuff. And so the the fact that we're only just unlocking this after playing forty eight hours is just like. What like you didn't need to put this in? Like like yeah. was this a thing that you were thinking about the whole time and you're like, oh, we should just make them unlock this after they play for like I don't know, forty hours or something? Like, <laughs> how did you seemed, pace this? A lot of it seemed kind of implied, you know, yeah. it's knowledge that you you know should already have. Mm-hmm. So it kind of seemed quite disjointed, and it was very responsive to how you having visited a particular or competing a particular quest. Oh, that's quest. right. Yeah. And it was tied with the the prosperity level. Yeah. So we were reading. I was reading one passage, and then you realise that oh, you should have read this when you reached this prosperity level. Yeah. But we didn't have it. Mm. That was because we accidentally went to some places I think that we shouldn't have gone. Yeah. Or like, yeah, we yeah, some missions at the top of the scenario, it says you've got to have done this and this and not done this or mm. something like that. that that's another flaw in the game, I, I think, some which is that there's not a out. very clear branching scenario path. The only way yeah. that you can really look at it, you can't flick through that that the no. scenario book or you just get mad spoilers so you have to look at the map but it's easy to lose track of 
uh, the admin uh, of uh, it all. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, I could see the designer saying, look, at the beginning of every scenario, at the top of the page, it says you need to have done this, this, and this. Mm. And if you've done this other thing, you can't play this scenario. Mm. That's pretty as straightforward as you can get, but there's so many things to be there's thinking so of. So um, it's immediately what the scenario book needs then is it needs tab divide, not necessarily page dividers, but tabs attached to the pages so you can mm. flip through and find the scenario you want without flicking, without through, flicking it, through, yeah, through the whole book. Sure. That's what it needs. It's missing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and uh, other spoiler chat I wanted to say is because of flicking through the the, the rules and, and bits and pieces, it's difficult to write a full rule book without doing the horrible pandemic legacy stick, put a sticker over this old rule and it replaces uh, that rule in the book. Mm. I don't yeah. like that very much. Um, th- the enhancement stickers that we know are coming, yeah. but we don't know how yeah, they're going to come, where you can upgrade your character cards by putting stickers on them so it's like if an attack does plus three attack, now it does plus four attack because you spend right. action mm. points in Gloomhaven. So this is in Gloomhaven. It says when you level up, you can put some some enhancement stickers on your card, but only after you get the enhancement ability. And we're like, when the fuck is that going to come? We don't know. So so that's another whole mechanic of yeah. you permanently changing these cards. I thought the cards were dense enough already, and that must flow over into when somebody else um, picks up that character. If you retire that character and the stickers are on yeah, that character. so I don't even know how it works. So uh, I think you maybe want the reusable stickers for that if there's character crossover. But maybe. Um, after, say, Cragheart retires, will someone else want to play a Cragheart like immediately after? You probably just want to play some new thing. Yeah, well, with 20-odd in the box, you'd want to go whatever the... And it, op- it always opens up at least one more option. Mm. So you've got whatever wasn't chosen initially... Plus this new one, new one, so it gives you the option you can choose. You don't have to go for that one that it, the new one that fresh new one that's open. You can yeah. go back and play one of the other I like, I two remaining characters. But, uh, no, but yeah. what, what would it matter? You know, if really if you yeah. if they level up, no matter where you pick the character up from, they level up according to the city's prosperity. Then it doesn't it doesn't matter because you don't start off with a, a basic character anymore. Yeah. You stay, start off with a leveled up character, mm. so mm. which automatically changes that that uh, that character's whole focus or whatever. Because yeah. you're already giving you're you're already tweaking their deck to get some better cards in there. Mm-hmm. You're already uh, have working on a new set of I guess perks new doesn't and always all that equal stuff. better in this game, which yeah, is another right. thing that, that does a legacy thing right. Um, the, I, I have a really uh, interesting uh, point that I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about uh, item cards for the shopping. Yeah, for sure. You know, you get to um, collect gold. You win gold. You do the it's job right. You get some D&D stuff. Yeah, classic D&D stuff. And you uh, go back to town, you do your road card, you arrive at the city. Hey, what am I going to do? When you're in a city, you can get out this monstrous deck of items mm. and you can put out what you've uh, a whole range of items that are available to you depending on what level you're at. And if you've picked up blueprints, which sometimes appear in treasure chests and uh, you might win them off bosses or various other ways like on the road or something like that, 
um, if you get a blueprint card, that introduces a new item into the items deck. Yep. And you, all these items are on the table, and it's like you walk into the blacksmith and going, hey, look at this sweet thing you can make now. And he looks at it and goes, oh, wow, that's I an interesting that. yeah. technique. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. And he bangs his stuff out for you, and you end up with new items, which you, you know, like... And, and there's... There's little logos at the bottom, uh, which say something like your. You can wear some one of them, one thing on your head. There's two hand slots. There's a chest slot, and there's a boots. feet. There's boots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so boots will give you like plus two speed, or you know, like a, add something to your initiative, or something like that, or take something off your initiative because there's an initiative um, kind of role in a way at the beginning of every round. Uh, so these items, these item cards add another layer of uh, character to your character because they change the way your character behaves in the game. And it's, it's pretty fun. It's very RPG. When you're in town, you buy some gear. Mm. There's, um, the, the city element of the game is very enjoyable for me, but it feels like another mission. Like It feels like, oh, to level up, I've got to like do this, and I've got to do this, and I've got to like, go to the shop, and then I've got to do this. Yeah, and you can only level up by going to the city as well. By going back to the city, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, far out. Like, the, the combat in this game is, is really great, really enjoyable. Like I said, almost no randomness apart from that. that well, well, the the combat deck is, is, modified. is quite random. Yeah. But it does that instead of dice. And again, you, because you can... I kind of like... Yeah, you've got an impact. I kind of like that. I know it's not like a specific... Strategically, I do this, this, and this, and I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. There's just that element of things not working out for you. Yeah. And I like that in RPGs. I like dice I rolling you, in RPGs. And and this this kind of has that element of it. So it's kind of fun to like get everything right and you go in there and your whole attack gets negated for something or yeah. which is yeah, kind of doesn't exactly. happen that often, but it's that's kind of fun, you know, and that's what gives everyone the big groan and it's like right now what we're going to do, oh we we're getting a little bit deeper. We're yeah. up against it, you know. It's not just going to be we just waltz in, kill all the dudes, pick up all the money and we're done. Or, or like the last time we played, I think I like was doing about four or five damage and I got like a double and it just one hitted this huge thing and everyone was like, oh! you're the hero yeah exactly it's the, the but other way that last one that we play, you and I played David uh, I I had swanned about a little bit wasn't very efficient uh, we won that. that scenario <laughs> on the last draw oh, yeah. before we would have you know he, he, I was already exhausted. taken out I got taken out oh really David won it on the last <laughs> his last <laughs> opportunity that's sick because it's so cool, the, the the game is so cool in the way that you use your character ability cards because they, it slowly grinds through your deck, yeah. almost like your character's getting fatigued. Yeah. And these cards are forced that you use them when they go into a discard pile or they're active or they go into a lost pile. Once they're lost, they're lost. Uh, unless you want some characters can bring lost cards back for yeah. other characters, but you can't just keep on doing this forever. It's like hand- Disc, hand graveyard and exile and yes magic. exactly it's pretty rare to get stuff back from your exile yeah part. most of the time you don't get stuff back from lost so once it's lost your hand size starts shrinking and you're always losing between either short rests or long rests you've got to choose for a card you choose to go lost or a card gets randomly chosen out of your hand and goes into lost mm-hmm. and over a course of a game if you're dragging your feet a little bit and there's yeah. all these temptations of running around when a character when a monster dies it drops a coin and there's occasionally a treasure chest. If you're going to run over and get it, that's moves. 
And and we were doing this, weren't we, Matt? Yeah, I was saying, I Matt, I think, I think you're going too slow. You're, you're piss-farting around with this chest. Yeah. You're going to have to run around this thing. And what, what, what am I waiting for? I'll just wait. I'm just going to have a long rest. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going, you wait too... And we did it, and yeah. it, we did, waited too long. And our cards shrunk you, down. You got so many coins and chests, you were exhausted. And David's like, oh, I've got to do this myself. No, we, oh, we, went, we went... We We've... burst into the last room over a trap, took mm. a big hit, mm. and there were these two big... And, and game dudes there yep. and, and yeah we had minimal things Matt probably took a couple of chunks out of it I took a couple of chunks we ran out of cards and we just went Bleh! and he died <laughs> so we're like oh my god and it wouldn't have gone any Epic. deeper because you've always got to have two cards to play if you have no, if you don't have two cards to play that's yep. it you're done so that that, that made it a really <laughs> epic memorable moment you know it's like the, yeah. Literally, that's the, the that's the definition of taking you down to the wire. Mm. Absolutely for this game, which you don't get, you don't get that sense of uh, urgency and uh, impending yeah. failure uh, in a lot of games out there, especially a lot of um, uh, a lot of RPG style games, because there's always there's always ways there's around. There's inevitability it. usually either way. Like we're going to get hammered, like I yeah. felt when I was playing Pandemic Legacy. Everyone I played uh, Castle Ravenloft once, which is the only time I played. I played it once. Mm. We just got smashed straight away, and I was just like, "Well, that was." I, I don't know what else we would have done, and I don't know if that's how the game. You know, I've only played it once, mm. but this it feels like it can it can roll out either way. I mean, we've won most of the things that we've done, but it's not always been easy. No, and yeah. the one time we like properly failed, we realized we were playing it on the wrong difficulty. <laughs> wrong difficulty, yeah. That was... And we started again. So, but it's been... and that was good as well because I was like, "I'll lead the the charge. I'll run in there." Huzzah! And it was like squash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like, "What? How did that happen?" Um, it, but like, it's never been too easy, uh, and it's never been too hard. It's always been just challenging. Which is which is the remarkable balance How? of this game. <laughs> yeah. Because because what did we do? Do we get the, the level that we're playing out wrong by one? By like we we're one, playing like yeah. two or three, and we, we should have been one or two. Yeah. yeah, and we got stomped, and we railed it back, and we got through it with yeah. a bit of uh, strategic the, the, play. The, the strategic tension and stuff is still there. You you have to, like you said, you can do inefficient moves, and you can piss fart about, or you can do everything hyper efficiently. But we're working somewhere between. Those two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's really, really every single time. Uh, like I, I want to, like I, I want just want to play this all all the time. Yeah, like it's, it's yeah. so good. Um, well, like we said, we're not say we're less than twenty percent of the way through it, and we've played it for forty eight hours. So we're gonna be, and we want to play it more. I mean, yeah. that was the remarkable thing. The first time we did a twenty four hour challenge, we played a different game every hour or something yeah. like that, and it was exhausting. And we hated it, and we thought, well, right, we'll do it one more time. <laughs> that's it. We're done. We played Gloomhaven and we're like, oh, we could do this loads. We just keep playing Gloomhaven yeah, every year. Gloomhaven 24 hours every year. Um, <laughs> and, play it and play it for like multiple days every month every t- in between. Yeah. The difference there in playing the 24-hour <laughs> challenge with lots of different games is that all the setup time required with each game, packing away each game, oh, yeah, remembering the rules yeah, for each thing. game. But the thing is, is how really fresh count. we felt after finishing 24 hours of Gloomhaven. We felt yeah. fresh and like, oh, well, I'm getting into my character. I'm I really was digging this game. I had to leave after playing for like 12 hours <laughs> yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, yeah, 14 hours straight or something. And I was like, oh, I could just stick around for one more. <laughs> and yeah. that one apparently went for about three hours. So we've stay we've been offered the opportunity to play uh, Kingdom Death Monster. Should oh, we want to really? take it up? Have you? Uh, which is, uh, again, sort of miniatures where you're building a settlement and that sort of thing. Where, 
Um, cool. So you know that, that's that's in the horizon, if possibly, which which has a ridiculously long play time as well, mm-hmm. where you're playing through this uh, not necessarily legacy style, but you are. We'll have to give us the details changes. of that off yeah. there, just, so, if, so there's, just in case there's a clause, and we'll go. Oh my goodness, no! <laughs> That's so, one of those boxes that is like three times as big as this. Yeah, or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and about you know, add another couple of hundred dollars under the price tag. Yeah. Almost that was a Kickstarter one as well with great yeah, miniatures, wasn't it? Yeah. That was the, that was a weird thing I heard. I'm sure I heard while it was being kickstarted. This is a terrible game, terrible game, terrible game. And then as soon as that was all done. A couple months later, everyone starts receiving it. Great game, great game, great game. It's like, where was that talk when I could have got it? That, that's actually <laughs> the opposite like, to most Kickstarters, though. Like, like yeah. uh, Gloomhaven and Kingdom Death, I think, are exceptions to the rule. But the main thing, like, say, uh, Rising Sun from Cool Mini or not, yeah. everyone's like, oh, my God, $4 million on Kickstarter. This looks so good. Everyone's just looking at the sweet minis yeah. and yeah. the back catalogue of Simon games that are, like, pretty good. Um, like miniatures based stuff uh, like Blood Rage and stuff which Great. is the same game just, apparently yeah, <laughs> yeah but this everyone got to the table and they're like uh. <laughs> yeah. but like you waited a year and a half like 18 months to get it to your table and you did all the, the backing to get all the different monsters boxes and you're just like uh, but in a game like uh, Rising Sun, you're going to take that, throw the game away, <laughs> keep all the minis, and just use them for your favorite uh, Oriental. But that's almost thing. like yeah, yeah. Um, the, the RPG. Like, I was going to say that, that's like how <laughs> like Magic players, if there's a Commander release, they'll look at a deck as to what the perceived value is, and they'll say that is a good or a bad deck. Mm. Then they'll come out. Everyone will rush to get the one with the with the value in it. And then they'll play them all, and they'll go, oh, hang on a minute, this one over here is pretty good fun to play with. Mm. And that might not be the one with all the value in it, but it's amazing to play with. Great synergies, mm. good fun to play. Yeah. You know? And it's like, well, how, how do you rate a game or a product? Is it the, the value? Is it the amazing miniatures? Or is it the gameplay? And, you know, yeah. I'm always down on, is it pretty and does it look good? Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's before it's, mechanics. I'm it's terrible like that. different for, for everybody, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But like you this, make your choice on what you get out of a board game. Like I, I am filled to the brim with skepticism for big, flashy Kickstarter miniatures, so yeah, stretch yeah. goal games, and that's what this game. This what we said, but that's what yeah. This this that one kind of was, and like I don't know, uh, whatever. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's so I'm many the of them. Flash. There's, so, there's so friggin' many of them. Rivals. Got, you know, what happened to that? Yeah. Um, even Seventh <laughs> Continent, I've heard, is pretty bloated. Mm. And, yeah. It's supposed to be good. I still want to play it. But um, this is the perfect storm of using Kickstarter to just pack pack more and more and more and more content into it. Yeah. And, it's, and it ended up being balanced and slick to play. The combat's interesting and engaging. It makes you want to keep coming back to it. And so they use the money to, to put into mm. a bigger, finer, b- better product. Um, and I'm, I'm filled with awe for this game. I, I don't know how they yeah. do it. There's so many other elements we haven't touched on, like the element elemental infusion board, mm-hmm. where you, yep. if you do a particular action, uh, you create an element, and while that's strong, other characters in your team might be able to do something a little so bit better. Cross-party synergy. Yeah. As well. yeah. Um, there are uh, things like uh, you can summon uh, like a familiar or a, or a or what was it? What do you call it? like a doppelganger? They can wander or around, like a decoy, and you know. Yeah. So there's there's ma- there's a certain degree of magic in there. There's so it's, yeah, it's the usual thing. Like there's, there's characters that hover around in the background and heal you and and do all these other things to aid the group. You there's a there's a sweet uh, health point and experience dial counter that sits in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty nice. 
Uh, damage tokens. I don't think we've used those damage tokens. There's a yeah, little so damage, there's a, medium oh, damage, and big got, damage. We got some, um, some quality of life tips from our Twitch stream, one of which was <laughs> rather than using the included damage chips to keep yes. track of the, the damage that had been dealt to monsters, sometimes I have like 12, 15 health. Yeah. And tracking little, tiny little shit chits on there uh, is, is really annoying. So we just use D6. Yeah, big, that's right. Big cube yeah, of Games Workshop D6. Keep it going. Um, you just stick them on there. There's a sweet pack of status tokens, which has got a variety of things from poisoned to muddled to uh, invisible uh, or, and, or, like, or on fire. <laughs> so there's all these different things uh, that will have an, an ongoing effect, usually for one more turn. But uh, some things like poisoned, if you use a poison dagger on a creature, every time that creature gets injured... Uh, it'll get an additional point of damage until it heals itself if it gets the, if it gets half the chance. Uh, uh, something else I love about this game, which is my last thing from my notes, is the classes. Someone was like, "Oh, you're playing Gloomhaven. What sort of character are you playing?" And I was like, "Craghart." And they're like, oh, "What do they do?" And I was like, "I can't explain it to you in any metrics <laughs> from like classic D and D or high fantasy stuff." Yeah, he's like yeah. a banished rock man, and his big attacks are like big jump damage so you jump from a particular spot and you deal area of effect and then you deal area of effect when you land but also he's really good at healing and also really good at ranged attacks mm. but he's a big rock man so it kind <laughs> yeah. of sounds like a cleric almost he's kind of like a cleric but he's a not a cleric because cleric. Yeah. he does a huge area of effect damage that damages all the, your even, friends even your friends yeah <laughs> well that's yeah okay well you know that's what stops in in D D where you can stop the uh damage to your comrades literally because they don't do that mm. but you can um like force like uh wow shit, it's earth earthquake oh, i can't remember the name of it now where literally you send out a wave of force in all directions centering from a fixed point mm. and everything in that area has to make a saving throw or be pushed thrown back against the wall including so you, including, including well no no that's the thing not including friends see I like it when it D&D. does include your friends yeah, because it seems more realistic yeah, like if, if there's just a barbarian dude and he can just get an amazing power swing by swinging and hurling his axe in a big circle like three or four times and then launching it and it just if your mates all your are friends. standing right next to you they yeah. have to be careful they have to make saving throws as well it just doesn't ring true yeah and so, be, so all the classes in this this game ring like weird mishmashes <coughs> of other classes from other games like and and so this thing where it's like i go sorry and i like jump and i like yeah. damage david <laughs> as i leave but then do a big splashy thing and just like kill three zombies he's like hey good job yeah. hey, like, <laughs> hey don't do that like like that's sick like like it's it's got all these cool abilities and stuff that just create story and and create like um like cool Cool yeah, because you know, you know when you're down, right? a, you know, like you've gone from twelve health and you're down to three, and you and you're about to flip a monster attacks and you're about to flip it, and you look at your someone else at the table and you go, "I'd be on five now if it wasn't for that bullshit you pulled <laughs> yeah, back two exactly, minutes ago." Yeah. That's what you know. That's what planes yeah, about. You know, this is you. <laughs> this is on you if I die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like it really just plays with a bunch of different fantasy conventions, and and it's very much its own world with its own races. It's not. Humans, elves, goblins, and it's—it's it's like mm. the Savas and the the, the, mm. the, the the I forget all the names yeah. of the races, but they're yeah. they're all really interesting and unique. Yeah. Uh, speaking of who you know races you can play, who would you play this with? Yeah, uh, 
the, uh, that's tough. So the, my biggest detractor for this game is it's hard to get to the table because you need a consistent group because each player wants to be invested in their character for it to like really mean something to mm. them. Um, and it's, then it's, it's limit. Like we've got five regular players, yep. which is rough because it only plays one to four. So if we're going, hey, Gloomhaven Day, someone's got to miss out. Yeah, uh, which can be bad. Generally, someone's not available, so it kind of yeah. works. Or only for half of it, and then the other person jumps in. You know, yeah. that, that works. Yeah, okay. just thinks if everybody wants in, uh, yeah. you know, that can be that can be rough. Um, the 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 other thing is that it is a bit of a bitch to set up. Like it's it's quite hard to get all the tokens mm. and components. Like we're and getting better at it now. We're getting better. Forty eight yeah. hours in. 40. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real group effort. I feel. Yep. Setting it up. Mm-hmm. It's not like a it's not like RPGing where you can come in absolutely green. A DM can sit there and go, "You're in a room. Yeah. yeah. The light's oh. flickering. You don't know if it's going to go out or not." You have a box of matches over the other side of the room. There's a candle, but there's a rat nearby. Oh, my God. The light's just gone out. What do you do? Play Zork. And you're in. <laughs> yeah, boom. You're off, you know, all that sort of stuff. And yeah. you just sit there going, oh, well, I don't know. I've, I've never what played this I game do? before. Yeah. What would I do? Well, you tell me. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you're in your away. It's not, it's not just that's, openly that's, accessible that's to completely really true. new yeah. people. That's mm. really, that's quite profound, actually. Thank because you, man. it is exactly, <laughs> you're, the way you're saying it is exactly correct. Um... On the other hand, if you're playing, there is a certain element of you need to know this information beforehand mm-hmm. before you can even get in. Yep. Otherwise, you flounder. It takes way longer than it's expected to take. And then your play experience is somewhat dampened, I think, just by the getting into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's, yeah. Uh, there's also the legacy doesn't appeal to everyone thing, which I'm finding more and more. I, I talk to a lot of people in the store buying games, this this kind of thing. But if and you're going to give Legacy a good shot, this is the one that's going to be nailed on This is on the one, fine. but also you need to want to play an RPG. Yeah. If, you, if you're someone that likes a lot of board games, you like Euros, you like war games, you like uh, bits and pieces, that's all quite different to a long-term RPG. I think all yeah. of us have played RPGs in some fashion before, whether it's me playing Final Fantasy when I was a kid, you guys playing D&D, or um, uh, freaking whatever, leveling up yeah. stuff really slowly and, and getting that, that grind behind your character. If you're not into that because you didn't, like like, like Jess, my, my girlfriend, doesn't never played video games or, or, or games of, or role-playing games as she was growing up, and I was like, explain to how exciting Gloomhaven was that you get to work on this character and you get mm. to do all this. She's like, uh, like, like that's, that's <coughs> super appealing to me because... Like, why do you what do you want to be contributing to this giant thing over, overall? I'd like my games to be like concise, and you have an experience, and then you, and then you go, and then you can check in and check out. But what's the difference between watching a a like a we were talking about Netflix shows, mm. and if you watch a if you watch one of the like a I don't want to say sitcom, if you watch a drama that is sort of like a sitcom where everything resets at the beginning of the episode and everyone's the same yep. every single episode. Right, procedurals, right? It's very, ugh, you know? But yeah. if you watch a, like a, ne- yeah, which procedurals used to be like that on regular free-to-air, right? They mm-hmm. had to be, ex- you had to be exactly at the same spot every single time. So yep. if they got jumbled up and you saw one out of order, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, Netflix, here's a whole series all at once and you get these character arcs. You're like, yeah. ooh, this is, this is fun. That's, that's literally the thing mm. that appeals to me about mm. games and gaming. And it's why Magic has helped my attention for so long uh, the, the game not the concept um, it's because you're working at your magic career because magic's been around for 25 years 
And the fact that I played Magic 10 years ago, you've got stories and experiences that are tending towards this broad, big... Yeah, so you're Magic the person with the arc, yeah. I was, just a bit, I was starting to wonder where Chandra's arc was there for a <laughs> oh, second. Yeah, it's it's like, non-existent, mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in to Seven Lad Head Extra to hear us bash out yeah. the Magic story. Um, we, like, it's the thing that I want to play games for, and it's the thing that I watch good TV for, which is you get a payoff in season four that you've been waiting for since season one, you know? Yeah. That's the big war. That's like retiring me. a character in yeah. this. It's like all this stuff happens. Uh, but, and you might unlock not, something cool. That's not forever. And like, like, like Jess loves procedurals as much as she loves getting paid off from a big TV show. But this would not be worth the effort for her, I, th- right. I think. Or, or like players like her. I know a lot of players who would who love the concept of this, but as soon as you start doing it, they'd lose interest and stop playing it. Right. Mm. All right. You've got Gloomhaven in one hand. You've got stuffed fables in the other. You are a strong person. You are. <laughs> which <laughs> one? one which one is going to weigh you down enough that you're going to decide to put it back on the shelf? Oh, you can't. This it's uncomparable because they're two two different audiences. Because I guess like with stuffed fables, when I reviewed that, it's like I would get that out for family. The family would play that. Actually, my family would play Gloomhaven as well. Yeah. Uh, so, but when you think different. about stuff, fables, there are cards that you unlock. There are enemies you unlock. You're exploring a story arc. Yes, it's more linear in scope. Uh, it changes when you end. You know, halfway through when you dive into another aspect of it, which is the the under the bed sort of aspect. Um, I w- look, I'd choose Gloomhaven. I think it's just my favorite gaming experience for a long time, and I just think that whole thing of um there's just there's just so much more depth to it there's so much more components to it and that, that but that's the difference in the price tag i think you mm-hmm. just there's just so much more um invested and isaac childress has put all of that in there you know where uh, there's nothing wrong with stuff fables it's it's quality it's good fun and it's mm. it's pretty and it's really well done we we are about to come into a big dark age of every man and his dog doing a legacy game <laughs> yeah betrayal what do you mean that hasn't already happened i, I thought ha- we already no it's not that many because like we said like name Start name, all, name all the legacy games that are out <laughs> at the moment risk legacy was the first one pandemic legacy was the second then there was um seafall which was followed by uh shadow run crossfires in there uh oh the the card game yeah oh okay um and then charterstone and then there's lots of legacy style expansions for this stuff, mm-hmm. but we're about to get hit with a truckload, like like a truckload. Uh, Glo- Gloomhaven's the the, the big yeah. one, but I don't think you count Gloomhaven in there because it's kind of its own its own thing. Yeah, uh, we're about to get Betrayal at House on the Hill Legacy, One Week Ultimate Werewolf, which is a legacy game that you play yeah. over lots of sessions. <laughs> we yeah. play One Week One Night one, Ultimate Werewolf. Like in like a million times in one night, you could do. Yeah, <laughs> you, you could do legacy different of arcs, and, and you. <laughs> so, but like there is a lot of stuff coming out. Seventh Continent is is also a big legacy game that maybe we'll get a retail um, uh, thing soon. Um, th- there's just so many more of these, and they're going to start hammering them because the design cycle for these games is like two or three years, and yeah. Pandemic Legacy. And Gloomhaven being two of the top three on Board Game Geek for the last two or three years means we're about to start getting shitloads of them. If someone brings out a raspberry flavored soft drink and everybody wants it, everybody brings out a raspberry flavored soft drink. Exactly. Um, So I'm very keen to see where it goes, but I don't think any one of them will be as well executed as this. Mm. 
you know, it might just get us to a place where we look, where we start looking for just simple, fun game board games again that aren't legacy. Yeah, um, but we're not yeah, at that place. It's, it's, it's funny how it's yeah, this 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 call and response kind of thing, where we're all after singular experiences. But like, I don't want to play. I love Azul. I don't want to play Azul Legacy. But imagine, imagine an iPad, <laughs> like a, a, a tablet on the side of a legacy game and that's going to do all the admin for you and it's going to tell you how to set up it's going to tell you what hands you like that's, you know, all, that's what i'm about that's what i want from this really. yeah just take the admin away and just tell me right what are, what are my decisions what's my predicament how am i going to solve it what have i got what tools have i got in front of me yeah. to deal with that that'd be that that's cool so your map is online your stickers are virtual mm. no no your map's got to be in front of you you've got to have tangible well, things the difference and, and cool envelopes to open with fancy stickers and all that sort of stuff yeah there's that's something like, about yeah. the tangibility of it but but also like um th- there was an interesting thing when you spoilers for anyone who wants to play charterstone oh there's nobody there's anyone <laughs> there isn't anybody <laughs> after like <laughs> number six or something it says uh, whether your village is like up to the average scores like like you track all your scores and then you compare them to other people who have tracked their scores in charterstone around the world and we played and it's like you are shit compared to everyone else and we're like <laughs> great and then it showed us where our charterstone village was on the yeah. world map of people who have played charterstone and stuff so that was pretty interesting i would love some some aspect of that in in legacy games where it's like y- you're working at your puzzle with your group and and it's contributing to this worldwide mm. uh thing but no, maybe uh, not rating it because then you just get like people that are just not rating cheaty. it but but just something people yeah just exactly cheat just could, i got ten thousand. yeah but, but something <laughs> that tracks how you play and it works it towards a, a bigger greater goal um because that's what i'm trying to do with my board game stats i'm trying to see like the things that i play and why i play them and 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 how often you get to play and the people mm. you play with and, and that sort of thing oh it's my board game legacy do you do you want <laughs> to increase your board game stat for a match quiz by one yes i don't but i think <laughs> after this bit of music now that's what's going to happen. That was that was Gloomhaven. It's time for Matt's quiz. Matt's quiz. Woo! Oh, wow. Good times. How long since we heard that? It has been immeasurable. Hello, Daniel. Thanks, Daniel. Are you guys ready? Are you guys pumped? Super psyched? Yeah. yeah, go on. Aaron is, I can see, see the giddy gleeness in his, uh, in his, his uh, the way he's sitting. Is there a mm. is there an entry yep. for for Matt's quiz on BG stats yet? Uh, I'll make one. <laughs> there you go. That's MTG it. card quiz is on there though. <laughs> is so there? No, no. You never, you've never <laughs> look, lost. Look I've for never lost. Matt's quiz, the board game, to be released soon. <laughs> it's going to be Legacy. Matt's quiz, <laughs> Legacy. <laughs> oh God! We'll kickstart it and everything. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be wonderful. All right. Question yeah, one. I can, I can feel the legacy of it. Is it's like the hunch that I'm getting. <laughs> yeah, it becomes yeah, yeah, more yeah. and more pronounced. In game ten, your hunch will be super pronounced, <laughs> and you will sigh with greater. Uh, force than ever before. No. All right. Well, I'm going to start. You know, it's been a while, so I'm going to yeah. start you off nice and easy. All, all right. right. Uh, question, Gloomhaven. Question one has 26 parts. <laughs> <laughs> Which Euro-style town planning game prequels Gloomhaven? That's not fair. You know, I don't know my Euros. Oh, 
You should know this. <laughs> only we'd talked about if it Only earlier. we had. I know, but I don't listen to that. <laughs> so, sorry, what, what Euro-style... Which Euro-style town planning game prequels Gloomhaven? The, all the information you need is right there. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from the words of the name of the game. Although some of the words are in it. Yep. yep. <laughs> Question two. Name the following games based on the description. There's two of them. First one. A card game where you narrate the horrible ends of horrible people. Okay. Mm-hmm. A card game where you narrate the horrible ends of horrible people. Okay. All right. Second one. Or B. Do B. <laughs> if you work that way. <laughs> I do work that way. Uh, players work alone or together to face a world of magic and peril. This one's going to be pretty hard, but... <laughs> That's pretty much... <laughs> I just most, realized. Most I realized games. as I read that out that that actually pretty much describes everything. Lobotomy, um, the others. <laughs> but I'll, I'll give you a hint that it is related to the title of Gloom of our game. Yeah, we can All see right. where that's going by All part right. A. Um, what what <laughs> other games have we got? Haven in them all. It'll be a haven because the first two A. No, forget about it. Oh no! <laughs> oh, for the first one, I wrote. Haven. Oh, did you? <laughs> of the second one, Magical Mystery, I wrote Mag- Gloom. Gloom. <laughs> All right. Question three. Cephal Fair mm. is the name of the game publisher whose logo is a headless horseman. And Cephalophore is a what? A Cephalophore? Mm-hmm. There's an interesting story. I'll tell you about that later. All right. So Cephal Fair is the name of the game publisher. And what is a cephalophore? C E P H A L O R E. P H O R E. P H O R E. C E P H A L O P H O R E. It's kind of a play on words on cephalophore. Mm-hmm. Or is it the other way around? Mm. All right. Question four. The gloom was the name given to the supernatural veil that parallels the real world in which Russian modern horror series? Okay. Oh. And I think that's quite easy. Oh, really? Yeah. The gloom was the name given to the supernatural veil that parallels the real world in which the in which Russian modern horror series. And the Stranger Things was Russian. <laughs> You're thinking of the upside down, but yeah, yeah. What's Russian so, for upside so, same down? Same sort of thing, yeah, in a sense. Same sort of thing in Soviet Russia. Good. <laughs> upside down parallels uh, you. Yeah. Parallels you. <laughs> oh, all right. That's question four. What was it a Russian what series? Uh, sci-fi book series, and then became a movie series. Did it now? Yeah. In English? Well, eventually. Uh. The movie series actually wasn't in English. No, it was in Russian. Okay. All right. Question five. And there is multi-parts to this. Here's the city. Finally. Name the console or PC game in which it comes from. Okay. There are seven of them. Number one, Midgar. Which... That's the name of the city. Which game property does that exist in? 
Midgar. Oh, it's a game. Okay. Oh, man. I've, I feel like I've disengaged from my mind tonight. <laughs> well, then you're doing Matt's quiz right. Yeah, I am. C- number two, City 17. <coughs> City 17, what is the game property it's from? Oh, game property. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Question uh, number three, mm-hmm. Rivet City. Whereabouts does Rivet City exist? Number four. Yeah. That's a D, that's D Matt. D, uh, 5D. Yeah. Silent Hill. What game does what? Silent Hill exist in? Okay. <laughs> Is it from the video game? <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to wait for the answers. The video game. <laughs> question five. Uh, number five, sorry. Uh, not question five because no, it's e. the same question. E, the Citadel. Where will you find the Citadel? Which game and property? Oh. Uh, is the Citadel. Okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. F. Or six for those keeping count. Racco- Raccoon City. What gaming property does Raccoon City feature? Right. I know we've already mentioned raccoons once tonight, but. It's totally unrelated. Oh, what's it called? That garbage <laughs> game. How dare you? Oh, no. I love that... Mario. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is Rapture. Oh, Which nice. gaming property does the city of Rapture exist? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, got that one. Okay, the good news is there's only one more question to go because cool. the last one's rubbish. Uh, question six. Gloomhaven is a legacy style game. Can you match the following descriptions to these other legacy games? Oh, we've already talked about that. We already have, yeah. yeah. Exploring Across the Sea. What? Oh. Exploring Across the Sea. What's the name of the game? Is it called Settlers of Catan? <laughs> legacy? <laughs> isn't that a new, isn't that coming out too? I haven't heard of it, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, B... Curing the ills of the world. God. <laughs> and the last one is a fantasy cyberpunk co-op. Which is awesome because I think we talked about all three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have. Oh, have we? Have we talked <laughs> yes. about that one? Someone was adamant that it was a <laughs> legacy game. <laughs> and I'd never heard of it. <laughs> I can explain why. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> and the last question, which I'm not going to read out, but I am, is which box has the greatest volume, GKR or Gloomhaven? Ooh. That's good, a good question. That's a good question. All right. Ah, which game has the greater, yeah. greatest volume? That's why I initially, at the beginning, before we started, asked if you had a measuring tape. But, uh, <laughs> you're just guessing. <laughs> so, so you just guessed it. <laughs> well, I've, I don't have either of the game on my shelf at home, so I'd have to measure it. But it could be speculative. This is what we open up. Bob Lyle, don't let me down. Go out and measure it and uh, post it. In the, you know, post <laughs> so there's no answer for that one. Oh, there's definitely an answer. Or if you just well, got to do tonight. some math. Not, not tonight. This evening. Not tonight. Yeah. All right. We'll figure it out. Uh, Max versus Minions is probably bigger than either of them. That's a game mm. I've owned. It's bigger than both. Well, they sold go. it on. 
recently. Interesting. So, you know what else is interesting? Your mother. The answers. Yeah, oh, here we go. My mum is not interesting. Okay, <laughs> question one. Which Euro-style planning game prequels Gloomhaven, David? Founders of Gloomhaven. Okay, do you agree with that, Aaron? Is it the, the fishing expansion pack? Flounders of Gloomhaven? Oh, damn. Close, close. God. No, I forgot Founders, Founders of, Gloomhaven. of Gloomhaven. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I didn't for a moment think you wrote Flounders. Yeah. Yeah. What anyway. about like a baseball style game, but more for kids expansion packs? Yeah. Rounders. Rounders. Of <laughs> <laughs> Question two. Name the following games based on the description. A card game where you narrate the, the horrible ends of horrible people, uh, Aaron. Gloom. David, you agree? Yeah, that yeah. sounds good to me. And the second one, which describes every game out <laughs> there. Mm. Did you just type this into board game geek? No, like, no, no, no. Uh, I, I just looked for the description because I knew the game. Oh, okay. uh, players work alone or together to face a world of magic and peril. Oh, shit question. <laughs> Perfect Matt's quiz. <laughs> David, what's the game? Haven. <laughs> I also wrote Haven. Okay, so neither of you wrote <laughs> Gloom of Killforth. No. <laughs> which is the answer. <laughs> and you know the game I'm talking about, right? What? No. You don't know Gloom of Killforth? No, I've not heard of it. Oh, okay. I don't, I haven't, I haven't it played does it sound either, like but... literally every, <laughs> every freaking game, though. That's hilarious. All right. Question three. Uh, Cephalfair, the name of a game publisher whose logo is a headless horseman, and a Cephalfair is uh, what, Aaron? What is I, it? I think a, a Cephalopod is something to do with, like, Insects or something, so maybe it's someone that eats insects. Okay, what do you think there, David? Um, I was going for a mindy kind of thing yeah. instead, but um, I know I feel like I should know this because like a like an octopus is like a, ceph- a cephalopod, isn't it? an octopus oh, a cephalopod? Yeah. So it's got like a, a big brain kind of mind thing, like you know, I was talking about Cthulhu like yeah, maybe that. It's a thing that only eats. Heads. But what's what's Four though, PH brain. Maybe it means brain. No, no, the four bit, the PHOR. I think it means it's cephalopod. Just with the pod means it's got like, the eight like legs if you're feature. Like a carnivore or an omnivore, you, it's yeah, like you but to it's, do with your diet. But it was PHOR, wasn't it? Four. Seven I, and I hand, your my, font of all uh, interesting my two, facts. Um, eating brains. I'm going to go for brain excitement. I love this. I love this. All right, <laughs> cephalopod. Is a saint generally depicted carrying its own head, signifying that the subject has been martyred? Something to do with head, though, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, head. you know. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I give myself, instead awesome. of giving myself half a mark, I'm giving myself eight marks. <laughs> <laughs> because a cephalopod so has eight, eight legs. Eight. I don't know. <laughs> no. so, so that's the, uh, that's the fun fact. Ah. Right. section of the quiz. Uh, question four. The gloom was the name given to the supernatural veil parallel to the real world which in which Russian modern horror series? Uh, David? I've got no idea. Russian movie series? And you reckon it's easy? I just can't think straight. Yeah, again, this is Matt's quiz. So I've only played <laughs> one Russian-themed thing based on a book, and it was Metro 20... Oh, yeah. No, it's not a game. Oh, All right. It's a game. It was a movie. No, that was, it was a one. book series that became a movie. Oh. All right. Uh, the girl with, with the dragon tattoo. Swedish. So N- close. Nightwatch. No. No. The new, the new uh, Shadespire expansion. No. no, no. You don't know Nightwatch. Nightwatch was there was no court-based right. comedy sitcom from... I don't know about <laughs> Wasn't it the, no. one of the main songs from the movie Drive? 
No, it was a, oh, holy crap! I can't believe you don't know no, that much. Spellweaver, <laughs> I believe I'm gonna it's take you. All right, I'm not going to go through it because my mind is blown. It was like a really popular book series. There were three of it. It's a trilogy. Popular, he um, says. No, it, it really was. And then they made the the books, and they were made in Russia. And they were um, so how popular translated. could they have been? Yeah, the problem with that question Matt, oh. was that it was too easy. And like, we like operate the, at a like cephalophore like level the, the above. The Witcher, like the Witcher Polish book series, turned into a Polish TV series, made into very famous video games. Now everyone's interested in the books in English. Yeah, oh, I, sorry, guess, I, I, don't, I, don't I guess, I guess. I've never, I've never, I've never heard of it. Doesn't mean that it's not popular. There was like there was Nightwatch, Daywatch, and the third one was. Dawn Watch. So <laughs> was a, when was Oval? Um, that, that was all about this guy was that was stalking a girl he liked named Dawn. <laughs> but it, it had vampires and it had oh, Dawn it watch. had people that could turn into bears and, and that sort of thing. And it was oh, it was a great, great, great movie. Series. The Office anyway. or mm. all right. Dawn, Dawn Watch. watch. Alright, I've learned my lesson, you guys are idiots. There's a guy that turns in, five. There's a guy that turns into a bear in Ozark, but nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Question five. Uh, here's a city named the console PC, oh, PC game. Oh, I uh, the first Midgar one. is whereabouts, Aaron? The evil Shinra Corporation runs it in Final Fantasy VII. You got it. No, I, don't, I wouldn't know that one. So Number two, right. David, City 17 is located in... Uh, Mario. Okay, what do you think, Aaron? <laughs> I'll write Mario. Okay, it's Half-Life 2. Oh, oh, I played yeah, that game yeah, for a bit. City 17. Yeah, you know, I played the demo of that back in the day when it first came out. And I, was, I loved it. Went out and it only played like the first day or something like that. I yeah. loved it. I went out and bought the game and I came home and I plugged it in and loaded it up and it goes, right, you've got to start again. And I was just like, oh, I can't do uh, it. <laughs> oh, you yeah. didn't play it? Because that was play so it. good. Damn. I know, you but I just couldn't start. You didn't even get to the gravity the, gun, which is the whole best I couldn't even there. start the game again. It should, you know, it was back yeah, in the day the start when... The that game is so good. It's where yeah. the guy goes... Pick up that trash can and you go, fuck you. <laughs> and then he beats you with a stick. That's, that's right. That's it. <coughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, next one. Rivet City. David, I'll throw it to you again. Is uh, located where? Is it Ratchet and Clank? Uh, what do you think there, uh, Aaron? Metal Gear, I don't know. All right, Fallout 3. Uh, oh, anyway. That's going to make one of my later Rivet City is the one that's a big, the big <laughs> aircraft carrier in the what, DC City. in Washington. Oh, yeah. Well, who's right. that run by? Those dudes? Yeah, them. The, yeah, the... Big boys. Yeah, the one that everybody apparently joins. If Kai was here, he'd be hitting us with the facts. Oh, Fallout! Yep. I don't think it's the Enclave. Anyway. Uh, next one. Yes. Silent Hill is located, Aaron, in... Silent Hill. Silent Hill. Yeah. Why didn't you ask me? Hell. Why didn't you ask me that one? Uh, David, Silent Hill is located in what game there? That's, I've got Silent Hill yeah, as well. Okay. All right. See? Yeah. That's why. Uh, the next one. The Citadel. Located in which game property, David? Oh, now you don't want to know. Now you want to know from Now there. you want to know. Now you want to know. Don't you want to ask Aaron first? No, I'm asking you first. I got Fallout. <laughs> All right. Destiny? Mm, okay. Mass Effect. Sound familiar? Uh, All right. Uh, I didn't love Never Mass mind. Effect. No, me neither. I tried playing I played playing like that. five hours of it and I was like, eh. Everyone was like, this is great. So I pushed it and pushed it. And I was yeah, like, oh, it's boring. Mm. Don't have to know. Love it. You've just got to know the name of the city. Anyway, uh, the next <laughs> one. Speaking no, of naming of the city, Raccoon City is, of course, Aaron. Resident Evil. David. See, one you asked me that one. I knew that one. There Resident you go. Evil. You get the point. <laughs> and the last one, I'm going to throw this one to you, David. Rapture is in which game? Bioshock. Oh, Bioshock. 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 Yeah. 
right. There you go. That's the end of that rubbish. Uh, number six, Gloomhaven. You can't slag off game. your own quiz, Matt. Your, your Again, role I'm allowed. is to talk up about how good it <laughs> how is. How great it is. Yeah. How, how wonderfully trash it is. Gloomhaven is a legacy-style game. Can you match the following descriptions to these other legacy-style games? Exploring across the sea, Aaron. Settlers of Catan Legacy Edition. Seafall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> David, did you have anything different? Seafowl. Seafowl. It's about chickens. <laughs> Curing the ills of the world, yeah. <laughs> David. Uh, pandemic. Anything different? No, it's pretty obvious. All right, settlers of Catan. With stickers. Iberia. Yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, no. pandemic Iberia. Pandemic Iberia, yeah. Settlers of Catan sticker edition. <laughs> Hang on, is it, aren't they bringing out a pandemic version of Settlers of Catan? Uh, I don't know. Oh, uh, and the last on. one. Will the nightmare <laughs> ever end? <laughs> Fantasy cyberpunk co-op is, of course, I know David wasn't listening, Shadow Run Crossfire. No, yeah. I don't know what that one is. Which, in which case, you get your character sheets and you've got a, like pages and pages of stickers and you stick them on your character sheet. Oh, okay. yeah. oh sweet. My answer is Matt Leacock. Right. <laughs> and is question seven. Which box is the greatest? For all this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> which box has the greatest volume? Is it GKR or uh, which is Giant Killer Robots or Gloomhaven? Oh, Gloomhaven. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I think Gloomhaven as well, because the breadth, mm. the breadth, the height, the width. Of... Oh, yeah. I don't know. I oh, it is only a little bit wider, and it's higher, but it's not as deep. Yeah, like, like if Gloomhaven. you chopped GKR in half and put it down there, it yeah. would be smaller than Gloomhaven. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's what you got to think. If you feel like answering that question yourself, uh, post it in the right comments. Right in to podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we frankly can't be PO, P.O. Box 777 Land hand. land hand in the, with postcode seven 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 L H or send something ridiculous to podcast at seven land hand if you've got this far and that's been Matt's quiz. Meets and tools. You bit. You're in the newsroom tonight, Matt. I am. I've got a couple of things. We've yeah. been setting up our new store. We hadn't had time. So Matt's <laughs> done some. In the so room. I've done all the research. Yeah. yeah what have you got? It. Well, what I've got is uh, some something. interesting uh, Kickstarter information. Mm. Uh, there was a an RPG that funded uh, last year called Tales from the Loop, which was a, a Scandinavian RPG set in a very sort of alternative uh, 80s, so focusing where the kids were the protagonists. Uh, okay. They've gone back oh, for a yeah, sequel. Yeah, the Stranger Things looking. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say that's, that's, that's like Stranger yeah. Things. They've gone back for a sequel called yeah. Things from the Flood, which is uh, doing very nicely on Kickstarter at the moment. So, yeah, it's it's a. Uh, uh, I guess it's kind of like an expansion for that, uh, in a sense, where it's just a different perspective. I don't know too much about it, but uh, that's really interesting because uh, mm. Tales from Loopers did really, really well mm. as an RPG. And RPGs don't traditionally do very well on Kickstarter, yeah. uh-huh. but in this kind of case it has. Uh, the other one is that there's a locally produced uh, RPG coming out. How locally? Uh, as in Perth locally. <gasps> Micah Watts and... Um, oh, God. And... His friend. Phil Beckwith. That's his Michael friend. Watson and Phil Beckwith are bringing out uh, Rex Draconis RPG uh, called Rising Tides, which is based Dragon on the work... King. Based on the works of Richard A. Knack, who's a very, very prolific, very popular 
uh, fantasy author. Rising Tides. That Did reminds me of a game called Tasing Rides where you'd go on bumper cars and police would jump out of nowhere and like electrocute you. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, Richard That's A. Nack. That's a sequel. <laughs> yeah. So, so oh, woo. What a game. <laughs> Richard A. Nack is, is most notably responsible for the Dragonlance series of books oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. for, uh, for D&D. So, yeah. Um, yeah, cool. yeah. And so, so they've given over. He's, he's working with them to uh, I was produce say, a, a yeah. an RPG based on the, his works. Yeah. It's not taking advantage of being the most isolated city in the world and just ripping off someone's IP. It's not necessarily a collaboration never in a sense. They, but they've They'll got, certainly they've got, they uh, have, have his blessing. I was talking to Micah about it yesterday, mm. on uh, Monday, and uh, they, it seems that he's very happy to, to be seeing somebody uh, mm. taking like this mm. life's work of his yeah, and, and turning it and into And nowadays, RPG. like the, the internet and, and email and stuff makes it so much more possible to do this thing. And I think about that every time you interview one of these board game like uh, designers mm. who are like celebrities to me in the industry yeah. and, and stuff, but they're just an email away. Like yeah. it feels like you could be following something unknown artist or, or, or whatever. And you could just send them an email and just be like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing it. Like I, like I have a board game design in the back of my mind that I think would tie in really well with a particular thing that I like. Yeah. Playing. That's enough, enough information. That's enough <laughs> information for you. Yeah. And I just keep thinking that dude's just an email away. Yeah. That's right. All right. If I just go, hey, I've got a board game built on your thing that you designed. What do mm. you think? Yeah. They'd probably be like, yeah, all right, cool. They may even fund <laughs> it, like because you know, mm. they, they might. My IP experience though, like, like Matt says that you know that the, the um, game designers have got the author's blessing. I, I, my experience, I found that if if that author comes around your house and shoves your head into water until you submit, <laughs> it's similar to being blessed, but it's not the same. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> What's that? When they try to, you know, when you get blessed and they yeah. put your head in the water oh, and, yeah, yeah, and drown you. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. If I, keep, water. if I keep explaining it, though, it will get funnier. So they got his blessing. <laughs> oh, I won't make a game about your IP. <laughs> What's that waterboarding me? <laughs> Are you blessing me or waterboarding me? <laughs> so to go along with that, sorry, Micah, sorry, Phil. Uh, to go, they've they've produced a lot of uh, RPG content, which is available on the DMs Guild mm. uh, for both uh, like the Pathfinder system uh, and for D and D. So mm. they're they're very active within the the RPG community and in producing their own content. So it's awesome to see that up on Kickstarter. It's got about. Yeah. 20, 20 odd days to go. How's it going? Uh, yeah, doing pretty well. Is it funded yet? Not yet, but it's right. getting there. Cool, cool. It's only just recently come out. Yeah. So, yeah. All so right, best of luck. Yeah. Lovely. And yeah. Uh, what else? Oh. Uh, we, we've given it the Seven Land Hand Blessing. Ooh, <laughs> what do we mean by that? Did we waterboard you? Did we do the thing that <laughs> priests... mentioned it yeah. on our podcast. Did we do the thing that priests do to you? Which one would you prefer? Waterboarding or the priest thing? <laughs> oh, yeah, waterboarding. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Tough uh, question. The other thing was uh, I had a little competition going for suggestions on how I should paint my Croxagore monster for my Blood Bowl team. And I didn't know you were into body painting. (laughs) I've decided that I'm going with a gentleman by the name of Daniel Watson and his suggestion for for painting monster. (laughs) You make a lovely couple. So, Daniel, congratulations. You are winning that hand-painted monster. <laughs> hand-painted, <laughs> It doesn't say. get any better. Do finger painting. <laughs> Wherever you like, yeah. you can have it delivered Sorry to whichever bit of your body you like. 
So you <laughs> get in touch with me, Daniel, and I'll sort our arrangements for getting It's like it's been clenched. <laughs> been clenched viciously. It's, it's painted by me, so I'm not going to say it's particularly good or anything like that. It's just painted by me. <laughs> are, you good at, are you good at doing the eyes, Matt? Very we could do that. One big eye. <laughs> well, well the good thing fine. is, it's a lizard man, so it's literally just red slit. Oh. That's, that's it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> is it red and angry? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Purple veins. Um, oh, oh, yeah, all swollen the lizard themed stuff. Oh. You can tell Filming we're going uh, long when this, this <laughs> things go crazy. Anyway, that's all the news I've got at the moment. Is what about it? you? Have you got any news? Um, uh, no, just nope, a we've winner. We've got a store. There you oh, go. We've got a store. It's called it. Good Games Mall. We're that's going back store. in less than 10 hours. Should we, we talk <laughs> then about uh, <laughs> yeah. last month's winner of Turing Tumble? Needs a twos. There you go. Oh, that's it. I think. Oh, PC Wild. <laughs> that's us. Oh, yes, we should. Uh, we've been. Have we got the golden envelope. With we the have. Name we have got the golden envelope. Uh, do we do? Wait, how's it going to work if there's no copies? There's. I don't know. That's good. Games will find a copy for you. We'll work it out. <coughs> Scar, sorry, I keep coughing into the microphone. That's not very polite. I apologise for everyone at home. I'm just. And for all the knob jokes. <laughs> um, okay, so we had a competition. Somebody won it. We're about to announce who won the competition. Yeah. Yay! Uh, Did you have some notable mentions, Matt? I do. Uh, Kate Tanaka, uh, yeah. who said, "I can't stand you know when the what rules the are flouted." Yeah, what was the question, Matt? The question was, uh, "When have you lost your marbles?" Yeah, during tumble. During tumble. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, they fall down sometimes. Anyway, Kate Tanaka and... says, "I can't stand you know where the rules are flouted. I don't mind making other ga- uh, making another game up as long as you don't call it you know when it isn't." You there know you what? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it you know? <laughs> you know. Uno. I know what. You know. You know. You know. What is a different Uno. game? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know what? That's the variant. That is it I like to Uno? Play. You know, it's you know, isn't it? I call it you know. I always call it Uno. Uno, like Uno, dos, tres, Uno. Yeah, number one. Like you know. You know. Well, we're Australian. You know. Oh well, dos I am tres. anyway. So yeah, it's like it just means one. Buenos dias. Buenos dias, children. <laughs> yeah, so, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, I that was Kate Tanaka. I think it's Uno. I lose two to one. Though. Donde esta la biblioteca, Matt? <laughs> yes, I do know the way to Donde the library. A biblioteca. <laughs> uh, so, Kate, get in touch with us if you want a uh, seven-land hand badge, if we've got any left. Yeah, we do. Um, we've got otherwise, some. we'll just give you something that David's got on his shelf. Yeah. What would like, you like? Uh, Gloomhaven. Old copy of Taboo. Yeah. Oh, that's from my yeah, <laughs> games I've got to burn. No, All right. But our winner. They're fun. Okay. Our wi- oh, sorry. We've got a winner Yay! for Turing Tumble. Our winner, of last month's winner of Turing Tumble is... Matt... Fraser Harrison. Fraser Harrison. Fraser yeah. Harrison. Yes, I don't believe we you know, know him. him. I do. Know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he said he might come help us paint the store tomorrow. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Oh, we'll be able to tell him that we don't know a copy of Turing Tumble, <laughs> but he's more than willing to follow the procedure that I'll let him know about to get a hold of one. I I love his comment. Every time I play a friend's board game, I spill my drink on it. It's a curse. And Is that a true, Aaron? It sure has happened three separate occasions in which he's come to my house and we've played games. And one time we were playing Camel Up or something, and he just he, he just like he gesticulates. He's not even like particularly particularly drunk. He just gesticulated wildly yeah. after a, a drink or two, and it just goes. And we've got 
we had to stop giving him stemmed wine glasses. <laughs> the center of gravity too high. Yeah, yeah was, we'd sent him a topple. reference to uh, ep- Mr. Jack episode ninety nine. The the infamous. <laughs> I have to go back and listen beer. to that one. <laughs> I don't beer spillage. I don't episode. recall that one. Have we done yeah. Mr. Jack? Have we? Uh, oh, it's news to me. Maybe was there. Anyway, oh, congratulations, no. Fraser. Get yeah. in touch with us. And, yeah, well uh, yeah. done, Fraser. All right. All right. Nice. Uh, all right. Well, if you've heard your name on any of this, uh, you can uh, write to us at podcast at Sevenline Hand. Or oh, well, yeah. no one writes to us at our names at sevenlinehand.com, but you can. You can. Yeah. But just do podcast at sevenlinehand.com, then we all get it. And if you say send something to someone in particular, yeah. we can all point and laugh. <laughs> uh, but you can comment on any of our Facebook posts and get involved in the discussion. We're having a bit of fun out there, just looking for quips. Quips, online quips. quips. Yeah, some jokes, keep us laughing, you know. We're all at work and doing stuff. And it makes it the week more fun with a bit, bit, of, bit of quippage. That's it. Uh, in a fortnight's time, we're going to be back to see how Guilds of Ravnica is going. A uh, bit of inside information. This is before the Guilds of Ravnica. We're recording before the Guilds of Ravnica weekend, so we don't know how it's going. <laughs> I imagine it will be going well. Yeah. Uh, playing draft at the new store. Ooh. Or playing... Who had a giant twice at Good Games Cannington, for example. There you go. Um, yeah, so we'll be back to talk about uh, Guilds of Ravnica. So let's go and see our, all this two color combo if we're enjoying it again. Um, uh, Shocklands, it, back. Every, every Ravnica has been good so mm. far, so I'm very keen for it. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be good times. I'm instead, I'm going to go and hunt down the uh, Guilds, the Ravnica RPG. And play that instead. Uh, yeah. That's over the next few months, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting how Wizards are doing That's the crossover. News. Thing. We go, hey, we've got these two two sets of uh, mm. streams of gamage and uh, one IP we could lean on. It's so awesome. I won't have to have was... minis. I can just, you know, borrow cards from the collection, from the Ravnica. Well, I just put them on standees. They, 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 they are actually yeah. bringing out creature token minis soon. Well, there you go. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, right. So you well, can have well, an angel token and you can like put on the battlefield. Hero can... style things, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. Yep. Oh, wow. When's that coming out? Uh, next couple of months. Where were you in Neats and Toys? <laughs> I forgot about it. Magic releases so many goddamn products, it's impossible to keep up with them now. Yeah, yeah. yeah late, we saw how the last ones went. Late Neats and Toys. Late, yeah. Yeah, that was even the tokens, the last lot were all right. They, I think the numbers spun yeah. too oh, yeah, quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, right. I got a four nickel bolus in my car. Oh, yeah, that's the way to, that's the way to keep it. That's where to put it. <laughs> yeah, they won't heal at all. Mm. Mm. What are we going to do next month? We don't know yet, do we? Hmm. Dice. I think we have to make a decision. Feast for Odin. Feast for Odin. <laughs> it's, that's a headache. I thought people would enjoy it. <laughs> well, well, there's a well, there's a dime. Look, there, I yeah. could have a month off. You could Let's play it solidly, and we could just ask you questions about it. Oh, well, yeah, do that. We can get Daniel on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> see how we go. Well, stay tuned. We'll release. We'll find out somehow. Yeah. All right. Well, that was it then. Good night. Was We should probably make sure it's available. <laughs> It is, yeah. And there's an expansion coming out soon. Face Road in the Norwegians. I should have had more needs and twos. I had lots of things coming up. Well, let's just play the expansion then. Might sell. So you're already what damning are you doing it. It hasn't what even come out yet. What are you going to do just pigs and horses? <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Bye. Good night.